I feel terrible. I'll be back. Get away from her, you bitch! We all go a little mad sometimes. It is a period of civil war. This podcast has been uploading from a hidden base for three and a half seasons, and we have not yet covered the most famous, influential franchise of them all. Spies have managed to steal this secret recording of an episode about Star Wars, a franchise with enough toxic fan base to destroy an entire podcast. Our heroes will now bravely go where so many have gone before and tell the galaxy what they think of Star Wars. My name is Dave, and my furry co-pilot is Eric. <laughs> and joining us today from Star Wars in character and news as in general is Matt. Welcome to the show. Oh, hello there. <laughs> and also joining us from the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights and Office Space Minute is Quint. Okay. There's enough toxic fan base to destroy a lot more than a podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yes, we finally get to get around to Star Wars. One of the running uh, bits in this particular podcast has long been, whenever I complain about something in a movie, Eric will say, yeah, but Star Wars did it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in this podcast, we like to talk about each of our history with the movie franchise we're covering. And this one is kind of special because... For Matt, Quint, and I, it kind of was a large part of our friendship for a long time, until the sequels came out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll give my little bit, being the, the right age, I grew up with Star Wars. Uh, I think I had the toys before I saw the movie. I may have even seen Empire before I saw Star Wars, because it was just my parents were not big about bringing me to, <laughs> bringing us to like new movies or whatever. Um, I do remember when my dad took me to see Star Wars at that dollar theater in sellersville matt remember that yeah one? yeah so we went to see empire there and of course my dad could care less about being at a movie on time so we get in there <laughs> when luke is in the back to tank oh wow oh, wow right no, yeah that's really so, late <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we watched the movie and then we stayed for you know uh, 20 minutes into the second showing to see what the hell we missed at the beginning what an ass backwards way to watch <laughs> yeah right and then so i'll just say this star wars trivial pursuit yeah, I think the longest the longest game we ever played, I think, was just under fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And so, we all got to go right. once at least. Mm -hmm. Something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now why the question are the questions that basic or is it just like what are we what are we talking here? Is it they're pretty good. Like the questions I think are a decent level like a, like a casual for, fan. for a casual yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah exactly and so so I if, you, if you care about the franchise right. you're gonna rip through that thing plus they made it with that game came out right when the prequels came out yeah so they had the whole game was all original trilogy questions and then there was this little packet of prequel questions but it was only like 10 of them you know right. oh, so yeah, the, yeah. most of the game was original trilogy and yeah we would play down at matt's out in florida matt's house in florida and like we'd start the game and then whoever it's like, you know, playing a championship pool player, someone would start and just run the game. Yep. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want to know if any, I want to know if any of those questions have become irrelevant. Like, did you ever see that Trivial Pursuit oh, where, yeah. where the, the, the Batman question no longer exists because the odd man out, the question was, which one of these people has not been Batman? And they put Ben Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So now all five of them have been Batman. <laughs> yeah. On Star Wars in character, we did find one that was obsolete thanks to this special edition. I can't remember what it was. It was something. It was a and it was a um like a, a special effects edit, like not as bad as uh, Greedo shooting Han first. So that's what jumped to mind. But I think it was one of the characters that was digitally replaced in the cantina. It was a question about like what was the werewolf eyes or something well that werewolf got replaced by like an elephant smoking a oh, hookah or something something like that yeah we did come across one. <laughs> oh, funny yeah but yeah but there's also stuff like oh uh, what's the only character to hold a lightsaber that's not blue or red and like, <laughs> yeah. that turns out to be well you know mace windu and yeah, yeah. ray and right the one that i remember <clears throat> or one of the ones i remember where it was like we played a few rounds already and it was like or we'd done this before and it was the next time we were all meeting up and we're playing again and it was like okay now we have to start being super pedantic about the answers and and i remember the one where it was like how many languages does c3po know and dave answers with the number but he didn't say over that number and so he failed it (laughs) oh man that was actually it's like one three or something it's like yes that was from our first podcast the d13 show yeah it was greg where yeah, Greg was. Greg we had a little trivia bit at the end, yeah. and Greg was. Oh God! Yeah, asking this question: How many languages does C3PO speak? And I could have waited for the multiple choice. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, Oh, it's six million. Yeah. And but he's like, oh, Over six. Yeah. Million. Like, over six and I. Million. That was the end of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought that was ridiculous until I asked Google the other day. I said, My son asked me, and they're like, How many languages are there in the world? And I asked Google, and Google was like. Google's like, there's over 2,700 languages in the, on the planet. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> that's like, you know. Yeah, yeah but that, that counts like South Jersey. Yeah, well, like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. They're speaking their own language. That's too many. Please remove 18. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of my most of my stuff. Matt, Quint, do you guys have a, anything to add? Um, so go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I was going to say, my story is similar to Dave's, that my parents are not like crowds people. They will avoid that much. I've... I've and you know, gotten from them as well. I will avoid crowds at all costs unless it's unavoidable. So I, my father didn't take me until like a year after it was open. And unlike the opposite part of the story, unlike being late, like Dave was for Empire, my father still was under the impression that it was going to be crowds. So we arrived an hour early to find out like we were two <laughs> of six people in this screening of Star Wars. Yeah. So I didn't see any of the OT in the theaters on their first run my actual first exposure so i grew up like ultra conservative religious bullshit and so my first exposure to star wars was i think in junior high would have been when they were playing a vhs copy of m uh no of return of the jedi in some library or something and there was a bunch of people watching it and i just popped in and i caught the last like half hour of it or something and i'm like huh that seemed pretty good. And so the next time Star Wars was on TV, the original Star Wars, I think they call it A New Hope now, but it's always going to be Star Wars to me. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I watched Star Wars and I was like, holy fuck, this is really good. And I've just seen the TV edition. So that, you know, that pushed me into renting the the entire trilogy and sitting through it in one day. And so my real first exposure to like the, the completeness of the of any of the movies was basically a back-to-back-to-back watch of all three of them. And I continued to do that almost on a monthly basis for the next uh, 10 years or something. So kind of a late start for Star Wars for me, but uh, once I got hooked on it, there was no turning back. 
Now, would, would your, was your parents like against it or just something that they just would, would have never showed you? Like, you know how there, there's like for some kids of a certain generation, like Harry Potter was like the ultra Christian kids were like, oh, you can't see that. Like, it's it's heresy. It's, you know. Yeah, no, it wasn't so much heresy. It was just that, you know, it was science fiction. And, and oh, okay. um, you know, I grew up. I didn't know if it was like the whole Jedi religion. Was no, like no, no. It had nothing things. to do with any of that shit. It was just that it was, I, I grew up Mennonite. So it was like technology was oh, okay. like not a cool thing. And, and so it was just like science fiction. Like, why would they watch that? Right. What are they doing in space, man? Yeah. <laughs> Get back down here. Start farming. Where's, yeah, yeah, where's the barn house? <laughs> Star Wars is very well, guess, spiritual. Hey, l l yeah. Luke was a farmer. Come on, yeah, right? No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I should have told him that I wanted to watch a movie about a farm boy. There you yeah, go. Right? <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it wasn't anything really negative. It wasn't anything that once I started watching it, they wanted to actively block it from me or anything like that. It was yeah, just yeah. like they yeah. there was no interest on their side. So you know, I got a little exposure to some of the books and stuff, not the novels, but like some of the technical manuals and stuff when I was a kid because some of my friends had them. But you know, even then, I was you know you you. Your interests are largely directed by the community around you, and there were so few of them that were into Star Wars that I just didn't get it. Sure, I remember being so starred no. for. Oh, sorry, that we were off. No, on no, a, go, go, go. You're fitting, fitting. No, mine was going to be on. I just realized I'm going off on a tangent. That's what the show's about. But I was just going to say we were so starved for Star Wars content while we were growing up that I would get the role playing games with no interest in the role playing games just for some new Star Wars content. <laughs> just right. to read the guides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just making shit up that's now canon. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, it was canon until recently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. I saw I um I, I I was I never saw any of the original trilogy in theaters um and then I saw the like mostly it's it's one of those things where they would always do marathons on TV. And so I would always probably miss the first like half of, of like, you know, episode four. And so I saw five and six way more times than I ever saw mm. four. So probably not until years later, I saw the whole thing of four. But then the first time I ever saw when they re-released them in 97, like me and a bunch of friends went down and watched all three of them at once. Nice. Yeah, I did. Which is, it's, it's hard for me to remember now what is and is not like part of like the original run of it. And, right. Because even the TV had some changes to it from the original. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what version of the original trilogy are we going to talk about? Are we talking about the original, the special edition, the ultra special super edition, the <laughs> uber ultra HD 4K remastered edition, or the retro un really or <laughs> or the, I, the I actually, there, there was there was a dvd box set from 2004 that actually yeah. had the laser discs original transfers oh, nice. from i have that yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah i have that, that one too yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sure actually, so yeah, i've seen i've, I've seen everybody. the original right. like, but yeah. the they were so it was so annoying because they the main discs had the the special editions on them yeah. and then these three other discs had the original theatrical release but they were in like like 240p or some yeah, bullshit yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's still the only yeah. it's still the only version of it that I really watch. Right. Yeah. So that's a good question. I'm that that was I was as I was watching this and I noted down what version I watched, but what versions did we did if you rewatched it for this at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Disney Plus. So what like the newest? Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, I guess the latest. I'll call it the McClunky version. Is what I. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, I actually watched the what they're calling the despecialized ones. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, I downloaded them when they came out. So like, uh, 4k 77, oh, right. So the, right. The 4k 77 for star Wars. I don't think I got the 4k versions of the other two, mm. but I got the, 
the original reconstructed original theatrical releases of those. Yeah. Well, I watched the ones where uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt was still a human. And it was, you know, yeah, I, I knew someone was going to say that. I knew there was going to be some asshole. Just an old Irish guy. <laughs> bad old Irishman. Yeah. So let's so, get into it. Actually, Start. Go ahead. I, I do have a question before we get really get into it. Um, what were you in in ninety seven when the special editions came out? What were you guys' first impressions of the special editions when you saw them? If you saw them in the theaters, um, well, we definitely saw them in the theater. In fact, Matt and yeah. I were working at the theater at the time, yep. or yep. at least Matt was. Yeah, I think I was too. Uh, I remember we went to the Tillman to watch Empire. I think, and Jason was working there. Yes, that's right. He, yep. he got us in and gave, got us the good seats early yep. on because they were the best. Like positioning for all the speakers or whatever yeah i thought and what i still think is the all the stuff they did to fix up all the little technical stuff mm-hmm. was awesome yeah everything else i could i could it, to me the, the, C, the cgi stuff that was yeah. like there was no reason mm-hmm. to add random creatures in the back I, i'm fine with the scene where like han turns the, the the hallway corner and it's like now like a massive like like bay like you know, bay with like all troop. Yeah. Like 200 yeah. troopers in there. It's like versus like what original, he turns the corner. And it's like an elevator with like five of them. Right. Yeah. But like stuff like that's fine to me, but it's like, but when they add in like, especially the, the, in, um, return with like the, the musical scene. Like, oh mm, yeah. Oh, so the whole new scene. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I guess that was, that, that echoes pretty much what my feelings were too. I think, you know, in the, especially in, in, in the original star Wars, when they went into like Mos Eisley and there were all these new creatures that were really bad CGI. And then they had these really weird things where you could just tell it was like almost rotoscoped with droids crossing the front of the screen as yeah. they're doing <laughs> other scenes. And it was like, there's wow. Like if you're going to do this, like do it well, or just don't. Most of that doesn't bother me except for two specific examples in the same like scene sequence. And that's that stupid Ronto that crosses the entire screen and covers everything for like a good second of the film. Yeah. And then the, for no reason when, when they go into the cantina, there's a sand trooper dismounting from a do back at about 10 frames per second. Right. It's like <laughs> really choppy. I don't know why they even yeah. have that. I, I told Dave the other day, I said, I, I'd be fine if they, there's some, there's a couple things I still want. I'm still waiting for them to fix. And one of them is uh, like some of the lightsaber animation. Yes. <laughs> like like, yeah. like when, when Luke starts the lightsaber up in Obi-Wan's hut for the first time, there's like that terrible like cut between scenes. Yeah. It's oh man, it's just fix that. It's it's not that. That's hard. what was yeah. funny when I saw, when I went to see the special edition of, of Star Wars, I was waiting for the scene of, Darth Vader walking towards those blast doors that were closing and them to finally color <laughs> his lightsaber red. And they didn't. That's like yeah. the one scene oh, that funny. I thought always stood out like a sore thumb beyond anything else that would be changed and they didn't touch it. I don't think they even touched it until the yeah. Blu-rays finally. And in that same uh, scene where right before that, but when when he's backing Obi-Wan down the corner with, and he keeps attacking him and Obi-Wan's sabers pointed yeah. <laughs> almost directly at the camera yeah. and he's spinning it around and you just keep seeing this like dull metal yeah. rod. yeah, yeah. Flailing about, yeah. Those are the well. Now, obviously, with like morphing and AI technology, those missing frames where they exchanged his lightsaber handle for a full-on lightsaber <laughs> yeah. that they can st- like. Those are the ones that they can fix easily now. In yeah. ninety-seven, yeah. maybe I don't know. I, I heard someone talk the other day. They said that the reason, it, like, this is their understanding of it, is the reason the ninety-seven re-release was made and all those changes were added and everything is that it's um, 
and that why they never release an original cut like you know okay disney owns it now release it, is that uh when george lucas made all three of those movies when he was married to his wife mm-hmm. and so she's the co-owner on the royalties for those oh. through the divorce and everything but it legally if you change enough of the movie you can get a new copyright on it <laughs> and then you you own the new rights to it oh, like God. in 97 after he's been divorced and any new money from that goes strictly to him i mean that sounds like it <laughs> yeah sounds plausible yeah exactly yeah. More plausible than, oh, we, we don't have the material to, to release. I don't understand why on Disney Plus now they still have, like, okay, fine, go back and redo the CGI again and, yeah. like, and make it better. Oh, right. It's like, why are you still using the 97 CGI? It's crap. Yeah. Honestly, I've, I've seen a bunch of the versions, and while I did appreciate them cleaning up the film and, and doing some of the special effects a little better, part of me is just still, like, those original versions of it that, I go back to even though they're in shitty 720 or whatever 27 or yeah 720 or whatever the fuck it is it's just like it may be nostalgia for me or it may be just the purest in me when it comes to movies but it's like I still don't see why they need updating like they are still stand the test of time for me yeah okay 70s CGI and and you know effects and things like that but at the same time it's like it doesn't it's not bad enough yet that it takes away from any of the story for me. Yeah. Now showing it to someone like I showed Star Wars to Melissa's daughter, ah, who's yeah, a teenager, yeah. right? And we this was still I don't know several years ago, so she was preteen, whatever. Watching it through the eyes of a teenager today, the first forty five minutes of Star Wars is really slow. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, it took me so many tries to get my, my kids are seven and five, and it took so many tries. Yeah, to be like, just watch the movie. <laughs> like, why? What is this? It's terrible. That's the beauty of streaming is it's so effortless to put things on now that I can kind of walk away mm-hmm. from those slow points and walk in and sit settle down to watch the good parts without much effort whereas you know when i rented yeah. it had the way back going way back before even owning dvds when you had to rent a movie there was that obligation to get your yeah. your 299 worth out of it now it's it's there's it's just there at any time almost in mm-hmm. any room that i want to see it and i don't have to commit to the two and a half hours i can kind of just walk in and out of that first 45 minutes yeah i, I really felt that the two and a half hours of jedi today when i was watching yeah. <laughs> Some of those, I forgot how so long some of those scenes in the beginning with uh, R2D2 and 3CPO, uh, like in the desert, just like wandering around talking to each other. Yeah. It's like, God, this is like a, like a 10 minute kind of like scene right here. Like, it's a testament to what the movies were like in the 70s. In, you know, there was that amount of dead space in a lot of the movies and they weren't cut like they are today, where it's like nice, right. tight cuts and you get only the pieces of the conversation that you need. And, they're filming in such a way that, you know, you can you can drop entire portions of a conversation and have it be seamless. And it, like all of those things that we can that we can easily do to, in today's filmmaking, they weren't doing that in the 70s, you know? No. Well, that, that, that's the interesting thing is like, the, I mean, this movie came out in 77. It's like the, the audience then did not have exposure to this type of stuff. True. So a lot a lot of that opening stuff is just like world building and getting people used to like you're on a different planet. Like, mm-hmm. and this is the scenescape and this and that. It's like now people are so used to just being in like, you know, Avatar underwater worlds within the first <laughs> like 10 minutes of a movie. That it's, yeah. Yeah. And plus, Lucas came from a, you know, the auteur world of the 70s. And he's always said that this movie wanted to make it feel like a documentary. So it does have that sort of like, yeah, this is just natural life happening kind of feel to it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you get like 
uh, Edgar Wright to direct one of these. Like I watched um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world yeah. the other day. And it's like, he gets so much filmmaking done in such a short amount of time, just by these super quick cuts and these like lots of information dumps real fast. And it's like, okay, he could get through the first 45 minutes of star Wars in 10 minutes, but it's a completely different movie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm waiting for that episode one cut that just has like a three hour galactic Senate debate. <laughs> Isn't that what episode one was? I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, from beginning to end. Yeah. I was just going to say, what movie did you watch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere there's like a, a college class on like the politics of star Wars and like, because he did actually spend a lot of time thinking up that idea of like everything that was going on in the background and shit. Yeah, except that they put it all on the screen. He put it all. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to do that, buddy. It's like that's all just to give flavor to the actual stuff that's happening. <laughs> yeah, we were when uh, I was working off site for my current job. We were. Uh, it's pretty remote, and one of the mechanics was like on a kick. It, you know, they were they were there four days a week, every week, and so it got pretty monotonous for them. And one day he was like, okay, I'm just going to start watching. Every night I'm going to watch a Star Wars movie. And I'm going to watch them in Star Wars chrono chronological order. So, you know, Rogue One, then the the, the um, prequel trilogy, then the original, then blah, blah, blah. And uh, so we watched Rogue One one night. And, you know, for me, I like it. And it was good. We had a good time. We were drinking, blah, blah, blah. And the next night he's like, on goes Phantom Menace. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, man. He's like, oh, yeah, come on, it's it can't be that bad. I'm like, no, I, I'm pretty sure it is. And so he starts it, and I'm like, it's not even ten minutes in, and I'm like wandering off to go get a, into a conversation with someone else and start drinking somewhere else. And I come back like an hour later, and, and I see him visibly uncomfortable, but he's sticking it through. And you know, I'm like, okay, fuck this. And it's another Senate scene, of course. And I walk yeah. away, and I, and I come back after, and and he's just like, yep. That was just not a good movie. And I'm like, I told you, man. He's like, I think we're going to skip the next two. <laughs> What's uh, the uh, Topher Grace, that actor, when he, he uh, recut the prequel trilogy into one movie? Right. And he only, it's like, it's like a four hour movie or something, but he only uses like 10 minutes of episode one. Yeah, it was. Uh, right. And then, of course, there's the, the uh, machete, machete order that yeah, yeah. we'll talk about, which skips one altogether. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we're not talking about that trilogy. Anyway, yeah, that's right. We're exactly. getting the way next off, episode. Right. So, Star Wars came out in 1977, as we mentioned, directed by George Lucas, who, previous to this, directed THX 1138 and American Graffiti, uh, with a budget of $11 million. That's insane. Um, which I didn't even have to look up. I, for some reason, I knew it because I've read so much of the <laughs> backstory. You know, I always ask what these movies grossed in the U.S. Now, this is a tricky one because we all know that it was the highest grossing movie for a long time, but also. I think these numbers are not adjusted for inflation. Probably not, no. So what do you think Star Wars grossed in the U.S.? And I th I assume they're they're counting the 97 re-release. Oh. And the 1980 re-release. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> then that, that I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, 700 million. Okay, Matt? Oh, God. I don't know. Um, in 77, I think it's going to be a lot lower because of inflation. I'm going to go with like 90 million. Yeah, but okay, keep in mind that you're, you're saying this this number includes 97 yeah. and all that. Stuff. Oh, okay. that. Oh, geez. I yeah, didn't think yeah, of that. Okay. Yeah. Let me, I'll, re, I'll address that. Okay. Um, I will say. I like, sure. Go ahead and take that I'm number. Closer right? to yeah. 500 million then. Okay. I, I, yeah. I want to say it's closer to seven. I think it's like 770 or something. Yeah. Match the closest. It's 460. Hey, 460. Really? Okay. Wow. Okay. Oh. That's still a and shit again, ton this... of fucking money. Like, 
half yeah, a billion right. dollars, yeah. even in 97 <laughs> money, half a billion dollars in a movie is <laughs> a lot. Well, more wealth than you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now we get that. Now it's funny. We're doing this, you know, we're covering some of the Marvel MCU movies. And it's like, oh, this movie only made a half a billion. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It was uh, What was the, like, Superman Returns or something made, like, 550 million or 600 million. Yeah. They, were, they were upset by it and they didn't want to make a sequel. <laughs> I was like, what? All right. The IMDb synopsis is... And I haven't, I copied and pasted these. I haven't actually read them. Okay. Luke Skywalker joins forces with a Jedi Knight, a cocky pilot, a Wookiee, and two droids to save the galaxy from the Empire's world-destroying battle station, while also attempting to rescue Princess Leia from the mysterious Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, I would probably put that reverse, that he was really yeah. trying to rescue the Princess Leia. <laughs> I like the attempting part. It alludes to the fact that he might have failed. <laughs> right. <laughs> He, they didn't rescue her. She rescued them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they it's rescued, the, she rescued their hearts. Yeah. It's not that Death Stars were destroyed. It's the princesses we rescued along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we go through these movies. I didn't even write down what happens in the movies because I can, I can yeah, right. rattle yeah. off by heart. Yeah. I just kind of wrote down some of, my, some of my impressions watching it this time around. Yeah. The pointy-eared um, guy went into the radio, that radioactive chamber and died. And the captain said he was the most human thing I ever met. I remember that scene perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit how long have you been holding on to that one <laughs> that just came to me honestly i swear to god oh. <laughs> you know we open with that great shot of the the story destroyer overhead it's classic it's classic for a reason like watching it again to now to the other day just like even on a quick time window on my 24 inch <laughs> monitor i'm like this is a pretty epic shot it is yeah <laughs> and not only that it's like the juxtaposition between that epic opening shot and then the ship that they're chasing it's just like right. it shows that scale and then they show the inside of the ship that they're chasing and it's pretty fucking big and it's like yeah. it just just kind of like that whole intro piece just kind of like builds and builds upon how the how big that the star destroyer really is yeah i think what i saw somewhere in a, it's supposed to be like the size of like manhattan or something yeah mm -hmm. and then and then of course you get the next movie where the super star destroyer is like 40 times as big or yeah, something yeah. <laughs> So 3PO, we're introduced to 3PO and R2-D2, and, like, that's basically who we get for the first, you know, half hour of the movie, for the most part, uh, them and, and Darth Vader. Um, I The question I had this time around is they're, they're running around, they're impervious to blasts, of course, and somehow they get separated long enough for Princess Leia to find R2 and download all the information into him and send a message before C-3PO finds him again. I'm like, how did they get separated for that long? They were yeah. just walking around together. Jesus, yeah, but I mean, like, 50 explained. years, I'd never thought of that question. <laughs> but that's Ever. explained later. I mean, 3PO is just a fucking dork. I'm <laughs> sure he took a wrong turn somewhere. Yeah, it's probably easy for R2 to give him the slip. That's probably true, yeah. <laughs> he just has to, like, run into him and knock him over, and he'll take half an hour to get up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they might have had an off-screen argument like they did in the desert, and they separated and then 3PO had his cowardly change of heart like he didn't like, like we saw yeah. in the movie you go through the cargo bay you'll yeah. never get past the Imperials that way yeah. I'm going through the mess hall <laughs> right so they get into the escape pod after much bickering and this I mean again you see this as an eight-year-old you see that uh, it's, it, everything's blowing your mind you don't really see the mistakes until much much later yeah. but like when you see R2 he's rolling along toward the Toward the escape pod, and he's like, "Oh, they cut right before he runs into the wall because he was kind of going at a wrong angle." <laughs> and then when they have him kind of crossing the little threshold, you don't see his feet because he's just doing a little hoppy dance to get across. <laughs> <that thing. laughs> In all three movies, the hand waviness of 
how these robots get around is pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's also, there's also the whole James Bond thing of like when they when they're like, oh, there's an escape pod. There goes another one. Hold your fire. There's no life forms. It must have short circuited. Still blast the shit out of that. Yeah, thing. Like, that's what, always what? been a point of debate for yeah. decades. Like, oh, just now. let it go. Let it yeah. let it crash. Let it. It's like even Robot Chicken, I think, made a joke about it. It's like what we get yeah. paid by the the amount of ammo we shoot now or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot of like, and then when when Vader finds out that you know an escape pod went away with no life arms, you know he makes the connection. Oh, you know data data cards are not uh, a life form. He sends. A squad. Mm-hmm. Send, send, send the AV team to go find the most important thing to the Empire. That was it. Was actually my favorite scene in Spaceballs, where they were combing the desert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we ain't bound shit. Tim Russ. Yeah, Tim Russ. Yeah, that, yeah. Is that him. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Star Trek. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was actually there was this. I, I've told this story on this podcast before. There was a guy who said that he worked uh, customer service for like a hotel agency or something. And Tim Russ called in and was like trying to get his like his reservation number for his booking. And they were sitting on the phone and, and Tim Russ goes, OK, have you found it? And he, said, he took the opportunity to say, I ain't, we ain't found it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the droids get picked up by the Jawas, which is very convenient. There's a lot of convenience yes. in this movie. And they get brought to the, the Lars farm where 17 minutes into the movie, we finally meet our main character. And this I guess that's part of the whole thing where. The droids are sort of the through line to all three movies. Mm-hmm. And this comes from, of course, the Kurosawa film, mm-hmm. Hidden Fortress, that this story is vaguely based on in some degree, where the, the two lowly characters are kind of telling the story of these grand characters that are that are doing all the stuff. Have you seen that movie? Uh, yes. Okay. It's actually a really good movie. Yeah. I, I can definitely see why someone would go, I, I could make this into like a space op. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing with a lot of, I mean, a lot of Kurosawa's movies have been remade in other. In oh, other gotcha. Genres. I mean, Fistful of Dollars, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Um, Dirty Dozen. Well, The Seven Samurai. Or Seven. Seven Samurai has been Magnificent done. Seven is what I was trying to think of. Oh, okay. Not, but not yeah, I was going to say The Seven Samurai has been done by like 300 different people by now right you know yeah it's just such a classic plot right oh it is it's it's a fantastic plot and and it's built built with these like rich diverse characters that you can just like yeah i like i could go into that for for an entire other podcast so let's let's just <laughs> rein me in now so my question is if if uncle owen has no need of a protocol droid why did he even approach c3po it's <laughs> a good point <laughs> well, no, he needed somebody who could speak a language. Yeah, but he's like, I assume you're programmed for etiquette and protocol. Yes. Well, fuck you then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think I think he knew. I think he was like, look, you 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 do this, but can you do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just, just the way woke up in a the way he said it. A bad mood and said, <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, I'm gonna take it yeah. out on this shiny fuck. Yeah, what, dude? Wouldn't you if you lived in a world with two sons? Yeah. It's hot as yeah. shit all day. <laughs> but I mean. He sucks water out of the air to sell, and somehow he makes enough money to like buy a bunch of droids. And you know, yeah, but he is buying them from Jawas. Yeah, they are. They do remind. I've, I've now ca- they are like scrap metal hawkers. That's what I've now called these guys that roll in our neighborhood on recy- the night before recycling day with a, a beat up pickup truck and a trailer attached to it, digging through and looking for metals they can resell. I call them Jawas at this point. 
<laughs> so I mean, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they're not. They're probably not looking for a whole lot of money for these the droids they're finding in the desert for well, I feel months like, at I feel a time. Like the joke is half the time they steal your shit from you and just try to sell it back. <laughs> that was <laughs> that right. was kind of a joke in the Obi Wan series. I think at one point <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Didn't Obi Wan yeah, kind yeah. of buy back a part of his first feeder? Yeah. <laughs> and that was the joke. Yeah, because Obi Wan kept being like, "If you're gonna steal it from me, at least clean it yeah, up." That's you right. That's back. right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. That was the scene. Yeah. Speaking of the the role playing game, I I had that as well, and I remember I think that's where the origin of this R five D four story came from. That while they were on the Jawa Sandcrawler, R two told his whole story in mission to R five D four. Is it that one? Okay, and, there's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then as when when Owen picks that one to buy instead of R two D two. He's like, oh, I, I better sabotage myself so that R2 can get oh. sold and go on his mission. Oh, so I'm going to blow my motivator. <laughs> there's there's a couple versions of that. There is a comic version of, oh, what is it? Uh, Star Wars Tales. The ones that had like three little short stories in one. And he was a mm -hmm. Jedi. The R5-D4 was a de Jedi oh, droid. Really? So he, he, didn't, he wasn't told the story, but he sensed the importance. So he blew his own head off, basically, or his motivator. Then in the Star Wars radio play, uh, the, the one that Brian Daly wrote that NPR produced, R2-D2 actually sabotaged him before they were put out for sale. So mm. there's like three stories of R2, or I'm sorry, <laughs> R5-D4's motivator exploding yeah. so far. Maybe more to come. I thought there was one in, in the novels, the tales of novels too, but I don't remember it. Probably. Could be. Yeah. 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 I mean, everything's a Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Which, of <laughs> yeah. course, doesn't make sense with anything else because it's not... A living creature but anyway yeah right well apparently he had i don't even want to get into the too much details but yeah. he was he yeah. was owned by a force sensitive guy whose name was max maximilian wea one day which is kind of funny before the whole max win or uh mace window thing and he he had a oh. lot of force sensitive or force enhanced items in his house and when he changed his hydraulic hydraulic fluid it got filled with midichlorians so there's that story <sighs> Oh, okay. good. Well, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I brought fortunately, it up. <laughs> fortunately, at the time point we're talking about, midichlorians don't exist. That's right. Well, uh, I'm not going to get into that argument either. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I, it, as I was taking notes and thinking about this this episode, and um, at this current at the time we're recording this, uh, Matt's other podcast, Stars and Character, has moved on because they basically ran out of Star yes. Wars content to yeah. talk about after what 13 years. 13 years, yeah. <laughs> so you guys have, you're just talking about other pop culture characters and, and things, and so I just thought it was deliciously ironic that I'm making you talk about Star Wars again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a nice five-week reprise, reprise, and now I got to you know, talk about Star Wars again. <laughs> the only thing about this movie that, to me, sets it in the 70s is Luke's haircut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and There's a lot I of think fortunately, and a lot of mustache. I would say... <laughs> I would I would bet most of the imperial officers would too because they were all British but but we were fortunate enough to have their hair covered by hats but I bet you if they weren't mm. that probably would have been mm -hmm. a big tell you can kind of just see if you really having that I don't even remember where this came up somewhere in the conversations we had for the 13 past years someone said something about that and then when you go back and watch it and you kind of look at the hair that is peeking out you're like oh yeah I can see what his hairstyle is actually probably going to actually be into that and that's <laughs> that's pretty oh, come on. Uh -huh. when they're in the rebel base like everyone's mustaches are like fucking porn star 70s mustaches man like it, it, there's yeah, a lot that's true. Of, there's a lot of 70s influence to the, <laughs> yeah. to the uh, yeah. facial style facial hairstyles and the rest of the hairstyles i mean biggs is like right out of a 70s Biggs porn. is the big yeah that biggs, is boshek sideburns 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to tell you a story. There's a distillery here in town and they do tasting. So I've, Melissa and I have gone over a couple of times and they're really fun. They're really friendly. And they have one, uh, for some, there's like batch number five or red number five or something is, is one of them. So the guy's like, all right, I got some Star Wars trivia for you. I'm like, great. I'm here for Star Wars trivia, right? And he proceeds to say, very few people know that in 1977, in Star Wars, Luke wasn't Red 5. Porkins was Red 5. Luke wasn't Red 5 until the Battle of Yarvin on Hoth in 1980. And I just sat there slack-jawed, and for some reason, the only thing I'd think of, which I didn't say because I didn't want to like get into it, but it was like probably the only line I would ever quote from The Last Jedi, which is, everything you just said is wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this guy had no clue. He's like, he was making, I think he was mixing up the fact that there was a Red Five in Rogue One that died that allowed Luke to be Rogue Five right. in Star Wars, plus the fact that there was a character named Porkins that died and has nothing to do with Red Five. <laughs> <laughs> plus, I don't know where Yarvin is, but it's certainly not on Yarvin. It's, it's funny <laughs> is that I know that word from something else. I don't know what. Maybe, maybe I ran into his brother at a brewery or something. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, there was alcohol involved. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So we get Luke living with Uncle Ben and Aunt Beru. Uncle Owen, sorry. Uncle Ben, that's Spider-Man. <laughs> Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle Owen, Aunt Beru. I might have even written. But wait. Anyway. Is, is great protocol becomes great responsibility. <laughs> and is her name actually Martha? Martha. Why'd you say Martha? <laughs> So they're dead. Yeah. Obi Obi Wan and Luke go to Mos Eisley. They they get stopped by stormtroopers. And Matt, this was always fun hearing people's different interpretations of of, of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I know when the stormtroopers stop them and ask them how long they've had them, the droids. Luke says, "Oh, we've had them for three or four seasons." And Ben says, "They're up for sale if you want them." Well, what did you think he said? I still to this day hear hear him say they aren't for sale if you want them which which right. arguably makes no sense but that's what i hear yeah. even to this day knowing like even I, I think i've even looked up the official script i'm like oh yeah it's r but i hear i hear him put an int oh, into that r yeah yeah because there, there is a, i can see what you're saying Matt. because there is a little clip to the end of his word and it almost sounds like he's saying they're up for sale if you oh want okay yeah. but yeah and so I, I remember we had that conversation a while back because it doesn't make any sense that he, he would say that if he's trying to bluff them yeah seriously it's like i bring someone over to my house so you like my collection they aren't for sale <laughs> well, unless I, just, I, don't, I don't care about these, but you can't have them. Yeah, right. Yeah. He eventually uses the Jedi mind trick on them, but he doesn't use it on Dr. Evazon in the bar. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> that, that might just come down to who you're willing to use it on. Yeah. It, you know, so, so you're not willing to use it on some belligerent ass drunk asshole who's trying to kill you? <laughs> right. Might, yeah. not work, yeah. might not work as easy on inebriated people. This is why I stay drunk most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or well, I mean, his, his first his first line of dialogue to him is trying to completely defuse the situation. That might have been an attempt. He says, "This little one's not worth the effort." That might have been him trying to do it. Yeah, if if yeah, I mean, if if we had some if we had some reason to believe that uh, Evazon was resistant to the mind tricks, yeah. that would make sense. I mean, yeah, there's been other creatures. He's, he's yeah. part Toydarian. Yeah, I was <laughs> right, just gonna yeah. say he's got a bit of Toydarian in him. Uh, he's got it grafted onto his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> That's another scene that I'm still, I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised they didn't fix, but I, I think would be fixable. We see, well, you have to watch the movie more than once, which most Star Wars fans 
do quite easily. You see that Pundavaba's hands are not a furry five-fingered hand. It's like a cup yeah. flipper. It's almost like a suction cup. But when they cut off his arm, it's a furry five-fingered hand. That shot of the mm. arm on the floor, there's like nothing else in that shot that is like... Looks like that. Well, that's yeah. even distinctly Star Wars. You could have filmed an arm with the correct hand and inserted in there in a special edition and kind of fix that continuity error as well pretty easily. I'm surprised that wasn't tackled that's with, true. Some, with some of the, compared to some of the things that they did. Let's say that's kind of what I'm trying to say. They went and right. they, how many times has George Lucas gone to the editing room to fix the hot fix? I'm putting in air quotes. You can't see mm. fix the Han shot first scene, but they still leave that arm <laughs> arm, like the wrong style arm on the floor. Yeah. I, and I, 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 Go ahead, Quinn. I was just going to say, that scene is, is interesting that you brought it up, because uh, when I showed Annika and Joachim, my, my niece and nephew, Star Wars, I, my uh, sister-in-law was gracious enough to not show them Star Wars and let me do it. But there was like three scenes or two scenes that I that I had to tell them to close their eyes on. And it was like uh, the burnt bodies or the burnt skeletons and the arm scene were the two that I remember distinctly, because mm. uh, it had blood on it and things like that. And most of the rest yeah. of Star Wars was pretty... PG friendly, but yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, sure. it was an interesting, that, that whole arm shot was an interesting shot from so, for so many different reasons. Like what Matt was saying, where it's like, it's totally not his arm to like the fact that it was one of the few shots that had blood in it. And, and it, the, I thought lightsabers cauterized wounds. That's um, what I was going right? to say. You know, the fact like, that it has blood is also an issue. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. And, and so it was just, it, it's just a weird kind of thing that they they you're right why didn't they go and fix that because it's it's clearly a cut shot that you could replace with fucking anything right or remove completely you wouldn't even need to show the arm but they blew yeah, the yeah, budget on a dinosaur blocking a screen for two <laughs> <laughs> and i i rewound that shot of the arm when i was watching it this week too because it's always it's not wrong, but it always bugged me the way the arm lies suggests to me that it's a left arm when it's a right arm. <laughs> you know, you always yeah, got to look at the exact placement of the fingers, you know? Dude, they, they grabbed a, a prop arm out of a bucket and then just threw it on the ground. Right. <laughs> right. did not think about just it. Just the paint, threw it on the ground <laughs> yeah. and said, shoot that. Yeah. And here we are talking about it, you know, yeah. what, 50 years later? Yeah, right. Yeah. Years later. Still complaining it. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean, some random dude at ILM is like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. What was that was that's nothing's more pedantic than um I think it was the original Titanic, like when James Cameron made that and a bunch of uh astrophysicists were like, You have the wrong stars. Like they're in the oh wrong place. Oh my god, uh, that's and I so never when heard he, when that. he <laughs> Yeah, when, when he re released the movie like what, like ten years ago or something, he originally he recreated the starscape to be like oh, on that god. night in that location. Like yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah astronomer nerds jesus yeah. yeah i mean that that's if that's your gripe about that movie you didn't watch yeah. the same movie i watched <laughs> which the, yeah. the, there was a funny story uh neil degrasse tyson talked about how he's friends with uh seth mcfarlane and he said that uh because seth mcfarlane produced like that um what the the remake of the what was the carl sagan Oh, Cosmos. Like, oh, Cosmos. Cosmos. He, like, so Seth MacFarlane pre like produced the new Cosmos series. And he said that when, when Seth MacFarlane was making Ted, there's the scene where like uh, the young Mark Wahlberg's like wishing upon a star. Like Seth MacFarlane called Neil deGrasse Tyson and was like, okay, I need the starscape from like 1975 <laughs> like, in Boston. Like, 
And so he worked it out for him, and they, they actually mapped that to the sky. Like, I, I hate to tell you, Seth, but you could probably just use Google. You well, have yeah. Call yeah. Neil Freeman to grab. <laughs> but when you have the number, why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> and much like the movie, we are now 50 minutes into this podcast, and we're still in Mos Eisley. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, I I think every character should introduce themselves the way Han Solo does here when he when he enters the movie. He just sits down, points to himself, and says his name. Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. That's <laughs> it. Every movie should be. Like, but that introduces his name and what he and who he what he's flies. He's like I'm I'm Han Solo. Han Captain, Solo. This Captain is Captain Ch- Chewbacca. Yeah. I might have got through the Lord of the Rings trilogy if they would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they they team up with Han. They get on the they get on the ship. And C-3PO says, Oh my, I'd forgotten how much I hate space travel. It's like an astronaut saying they hate space travel. That's 90% of his life is space travel. Space travel so somebody, yeah. had to, somebody had to program to hate space travel. <laughs> True. <laughs> right. right. And who did it? Fucking Darth Vader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, there I you go. Think, yeah. yeah, I think Anakin actually programmed it to be sand, but then when he got his memory wiped by Bail Organa, they replaced <laughs> sand with space travel. Yeah. And that's why he, he doesn't, he really doesn't know what sand is, which is why he thinks his joints are freezing when they're on. That's tether. true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this all makes it perfect all makes sense, sense. Actually, for his oil bath. George did have for... this planned out from the beginning. <laughs> My God, that's. I, I, lo- I love that scene though when he talks oh, about yeah. he's so, so excited to have an oil bath, and then yeah. the, the platform just lowers into nothing. <laughs> There's yeah. no liquid in there. It's just him standing in a hole. <laughs> well, he's dripping when he comes up out of it. He does. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so they. They try to travel to Alderaan. They come out of hyperspace. There's a bunch of asteroids, but they get passed by a TIE fighter, and Obi-Wan says, fighter that size couldn't get this deep into space on its own. So I'm like, this far out into space? I'm like, Alderaan is a main core world, isn't it? Is, okay. shouldn't, shouldn't there be plenty of places for this fighter to land in this area? Like Alderaan, first of all? <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're on the Death Star. Uh, they hide in the, uh, in the smuggling pits. For some reason, Vader sends a scanning crew on board, even though he senses a presence and he doesn't go on the ship himself. No, no. With with like this large device that two men have to carry in a box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that shows the 1970s technology right there. Like, oh, well, you got to scan this. Let's get the box out of ship. <laughs> yeah. Whereas why, why you know, in Star Trek, they've got. I was going to say, why can't yeah, they borrow yeah, a track order, right? Yeah, it's like the size <laughs> of a phone. Yeah. yeah. I always loved or wondered why. So they they. Take out the scanning crew. They tell the stormtroopers who are guarding to come up and give them a hand. They shoot them, and they get in the uniforms. But now they suddenly appear at the sort of control booth, which is like a level above and across the bay. Like, how did they get there? Elevators, man. <laughs> not being seen. Well, why do you need to not be seen? You're you're walking as a stormtrooper. Yeah, they already switched into theirs. And a Wookiee and two droids and an old man. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's not be man. Who's this old man wandering around? <laughs> Now they I want to see the like, scanners, like so Wookiee stormtroopers that have to put on armor, and they're just big bulky. <laughs> yeah, with the hair, fur, fur hair sticking out. out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they need to put that in the next movie. I guess, so I have, I have my little accent complaints that I do about these movies, and I really don't have any about any of the Star Wars, any of these three Star Wars movies. The One of the main complaints is that Princess Leia does, or Carrie Fisher does a British accent when she's talking to Tarkin, yeah. and not through the rest of the movies. And that's been, A, it's never bothered me. I never really even noticed it that much. And B, I think she said, she said that that was the first thing they shot for her. And (laughs) she was like, so intimidated by being near Peter Cushing that she just started to talk like him. I mean, I guess you could say she's mocking him. I was going to say, she's making fun of him, basically. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 
Did you know that was Dracula or Frankenstein? I'm not sure which one it was. <laughs> Isn't there like an EU story that talked about how there's like a, a proper accent that they all talk through, a diplomatic accent that they use when they're talking to like higher class or, you know, high level status imperial people? That sounds like something something would have written. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably. I feel like it's something that I've heard on your show, and it's well, like, that's that's what I was gonna say. There's so yeah. we've we've filled in so many gaps, and we've read so many facts. I'm not sure which is which. So that might have been something, or that <laughs> yeah. might have been something we made up. I'm not yeah. sure at this point. It's been the yeah. blur. The line is long blurred, and I think somehow it. It's part of the prequels, which is why Natalie Portman puts on the ridiculous accent. Uh. She did all her official business. All diplomatic has to be done in a proper Bostonian accent. Yeah, even Bostonian. Pack <laughs> the Death Star. <laughs> I do know she dropped a water balloon on Tarkin's head when she was a little girl. That's pretty funny. Who, Natalie Portman? No, um, Princess no, Leia. Uh, as in one of the comics, oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, They're okay. real people. Shit, I keep oh, forgetting their... <laughs> Damn it. That 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 was the best part, though, of, of the Obi-Wan series was like the, the young Leia. Like, really? Yeah. Like you, you, it really fills out her character a lot. Like the back <laughs> that sounded like that sounded like a response of disbelief. Really, that's the best part. <laughs> oh, okay, her. sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't watch it, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just because, like, her character is like, like the backstory. You learn so little about her. It's like in the movies. Yeah. They're like, cool. She's a princess. What does that mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and was she elected like Queen Amidala? But that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did. We actually had someone explain to us how that was a thing at one point in someone, some country's history. That's that's the beauty of doing a fandom podcast. You're all constantly yeah. connected. I love it. So they're running around the Death Star, getting into all sorts of trouble trying to rescue the princess. Oh, when they're when they're going there uh, in disguise, and Luke says, "I can't see a thing in this helmet." Apparently, that wasn't scripted. He didn't think no. they were still rolling, <laughs> and he just said it to Harrison Ford, and they kept it in. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Well, I, I like how they at one point finally added the the sound of the stormtrooper bashing his head in the, yeah. oh. <laughs> on the door. There was always for for years there was always no sound, and I think within the last one or two re, like redos of it, they finally yeah. added like a boom, they, like, and they yeah. put in a uh, microphone or a yeah, walkie-talkie. Uh, what do they call it? A quench or a squinch or something? Like, oh, like squelch. it. Yeah, 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 squelch. Like he triggered it when he hit it too. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> so there's the the trash compactor scene, which is all sorts of fun because they they actually used real garbage. No. Oh. <laughs> in the set, and so the Wookiee costume just stank for the whole oh, rest of the shoot. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and the num when when three PO so. They're trying to get in touch with 3PO. He turns his comm link off because they're getting hassled by the stormtroopers. He finally remembers to turn it back on. And I'm like, it, it finally struck me this time watching it. Like, you're a robot. You don't just forget shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. But they tell him to open up the door to, you know, and this is one of the num many numbers from Star Wars that are seared into my brain along with 1138. You know, it's 3263827. And you guys, Matt, you might know what that is. I don't. No. Okay. Turns out that's Mark Hamill's phone number. Oh, oh I didn't know that. That's hilarious. When when they were shooting the scene, they were like, hey, let's use a number or whatever. And I think I was reading this trivia. Mark Hamill kept lobbying for them to use his number. And then it turned out that like Harrison Ford was going to give the line instead of Luke. And so he was going to use his number. But Mark Hamill complained enough that he said Mark Hamill's number instead. And then he's like, Harrison Ford just turned him and said, there, are you fucking happy? You know? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that's 
That's funny because one of our star, one of our Christmas specials, Tim was supposed to say court case three two eight nine three eight six seven where it was, and he was uh-huh. not really reading the script. And he said eight six seven five three zero nine, another famous <laughs> pop culture phone yeah, yeah. number. Which I'm sure, in retrospect, uh, you know, Harrison Ford is probably glad they didn't use this number, right? <laughs> So they finally get out of the uh, Death Star. Uh, we, there's the fi- the battle between Obi Wan and, and Darth Vader, which is it was great to see growing up. Obviously, that was their first time doing it. Right. They've done a lot better better since then, uh, and it's especially fun watching it right after Rogue One to see these two decrepit old guys kind of <laughs> barely moving around. Now, how do you how do you feel about that fight in retrospect? Like, because I mean, taking up like you know sequel and prequel trilogies aside and mm-hmm. their fighting styles, it's like. Episode five and six has much better fighting. It's so it's what you know. How do you feel that that it's it's the you know, four just has such a crappy fight? I well because it's a it's all about the drama between the two characters, which yeah, yeah. makes it work right. Um, and Obi Wan just looks old, so it's fine. Yeah, right? yeah. And Darth Vader, because what he does in the second movie is he sort of just toys with Luke the whole time, so he yeah. doesn't even move much. Right. Yeah. So I think that works in this fight. Well, I mean, just, just, you look at Vader, and and moving in all that armor has got to be hard, right? Yeah, but he, I mean, he literally in Rogue One, he does it like, and it takes place all before right. that. So yeah, yeah. but I, I can put the rose-colored glasses on for that. No, of course. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I know. I no, just yeah. didn't know whether anybody had any props. Like, no, no yeah, and it, it only looks weird in contrast to Rogue. Some somebody didn't somebody recreate it? Yep. Uh, yeah. On YouTube, and it's it's, it's like really good. Yeah. Eh, I wouldn't say go that far. <laughs> well, for yeah. for someone that just made it at all, I give it a lot of leeway for it being the f- one, just being the first one. And there's so yeah. much technically going on in that that they were learning on the spot. I mean, I don't think I think they knew how they were going to color the lightsabers in post, but they didn't do it yet. So they were like, well. You already said it's two old guy. Well, at least one old guy. I mean, yeah, the yeah. isn't quite that old yet, but he's a big guy in this heavy costume. Can barely see. Alec Guinness is an old man. The lightsabers at the time, as we found out in subsequent deleted scenes, were spinning. So there, there's a mechanical aspect to it. So they probably yeah, couldn't yeah. swing them too far or too mm-hmm. sharply left and right. So it's like they learned a lot. By the time they mm-hmm. got to the next two movies, there's yeah, just yeah. so much going on in that first one that is is like they didn't know what was going to happen until everything was done. It's and for that, I just give it a huge pass. Not only that, yeah. like like Matt was saying, it's the first one. I mean, this is the first time that anyone has seen glow swords on the fucking screen. Yeah, and and just like uh, it also sets up the the lore for you know disappearing jedi and all those things it 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 asks so many questions that you don't get answered for a very long time why didn't you know the the other dude just in the in the cantina just disappear when he get hit by a lightsaber or that kind of stuff and it was just i don't know there's so many things that are so cool in that scene and and the the interactions between those two characters are so amazing that i totally give that all of that a pass that the fact that they couldn't fight i, I always heard that it was the 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 rods were not metal they were made of something they, they would shatter if they hit them too hard with each other so that's why it's sort of oh, like yeah like they're just sort of like tapping them like to each other which I, everyone's always like, oh, you know, is he, Obi-Wan's so old. It's like, okay, well, go look at Christopher Lee. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was in his late <laughs> yeah. 70s. <laughs> and like, even even Mark Hamill now is older, I think, than than Alec Guinness was mm-hmm. in the episode four. Yeah. Yeah, no. We were older back then, man. <laughs> Dude, I, I, how old is, um, 
what's it, um uh Ewan McGregor like like him now. Oh, that's a good I option. think he's like only a couple years younger than Alec McGinnis. Alec Guinness was Alec McGinnis. Alec Guinness was like when he did it. Yeah. Like what was that? We were, that was like when we were talking about how um, uh, Machio now Ralph Machio now yeah. is actually older yeah. than, than Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, uh, part of this is yeah, he's our age. Yeah. Part of this is uh, like people are aging better now. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. Medicine yeah. is medicine's a wonderful thing. Yeah, wasn't wasn't uh, Wilford Brindley like fifty five in Cocoon? Right, he so was, was like, sixty three when he. Oh, was, was he? Oh, okay. He made, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, but even then, I mean, but then, 63 then how how old's uh, Mark Hamill now? Born in fifty one, so he's 70? 69? 71. He's seventy one. Yeah, or seventy. So he's 71. actually older. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the battle on the ships that chase him away from the Death Star is fun. It's a great kind of build up before the big climax. It always, like, fucked with my head, the artificial gravity in the gun turrets. Yeah, it still so, does. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's still so so the guns are on the yeah, top yeah, and the yeah. bottom. Yeah, yeah. And they, you can see them climb up and down the ladder. But for the longest time when I was a kid, I thought the guns were on the sides of the ship because of the way they're seated when they get into them. You know? I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, but, I mean, it's clearly to just make artificial gravity. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's already artificial gravity on the ship. Just make it easier for the gun turrets. And I, I don't think I ever had it explained to me until, like, the role-playing game or something stupid like that. Well, I mean, I mean, there's even if, if the gravity was different, you strap yourself into a seat. Yeah, okay, your hair's not hanging upside down or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, blood's rushing to your head <laughs> yeah. is the problem. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, I mean, yeah, if you've already got artificial gravity, yeah, why wouldn't you make it that way? Right. So they make it to the uh, secret rebel base on Yavin and upload the schematics and go over it and find Jin Erso. Wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they plan the attack on the Death Star. Then we finally get, well, we don't actually see Biggs until they're flying, right? Because they cut out like all of his scenes. I was going to say, which version? <laughs> yes. If the original, yeah, yeah, the that. original version, yeah, we don't even get a... Like we don't even know that Luke knows who he is at that that original release. Nope. Yeah. So when he dies, like, and Luke gets all choked up, and I, it's like, wait, why? <laughs> and the only reason I knew why is because I had the storybook when I grew yes. up, and it explained yeah. more of their backstory. Yeah. When well, Inside the Magic came out, um, there were all those deleted scenes from Tashi Station, um, the deleted scenes that were eventually put back into some of the special editions where he meets Biggs uh, before they take off and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And Biggs was much more fleshed out in, in many of the other cuts of, of the movie, but he just kind of ended up on cutting room floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, I think there's at least, well, I don't know if there is, but I, I would think the optimal way to put him in, if he didn't have all the constraints that they had in 77 is because he mentions him in the beginning. He's like, Look, it's only one more season. Yeah, that's what she said when Biggs and Tank. Where are you going? Looks like I'm going nowhere. Then there's that scene before they take off where he runs into Luke at, in the base and he's like, oh my God, it's good to see you. And then he, Big tells the commander, oh, this kid's a great pilot, right? Yep. That's all you need is those yeah. that mention and that one yep. little scene. But I think, I don't know if there's a, a version that has that without all the extra Tashi Station stuff that's thrown in. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, in the special editions, the, the big scene at the end is in. Yes. But yeah. is there more big stuff at the beginning? No. No, no. There, no. Was, oh, okay, so that's the one That's the one yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. there was no, never, I see what you're there saying. Was okay. never, there's, there's, there's a whole thing. Station stuff. 
No, no, mm. no. There's the the big okay, the bigs one is the the uh, scene is there is the whole he's a great pilot, but then there's that whole whole uh, I've been through all kinds of adventures. Oh, I'll tell you about it when we get back. You're like, oh, you did. it's interesting because there's a lot of cutting room floor stuff that started to work its way into the lore and the canon and and all or the old canon yeah which i'm actually okay with i mean if if there's anything that you want to bring into canon it's the stuff on the cutting room floor that just didn't make it Mm. into the movie there's also apart from taking the taking the releases out of it i keep forgetting it i own these too there's the oh i don't even know what they're called what the heck Dave talked about the despecialized editions. There's another one. God, I had them for oh, actually those were the ones I watched for the longest time. What were they? The oh my gosh, the uh, at the guy's handle is Adawan. He makes these edits and he puts everything in them. And and his version of of A New Hope or Star Wars had all the Tashi Station in it. What what the heck was it? Uh, revisited, hmm. I think Star Wars Revisited and Empire Revisited, and he still hasn't finished Jedi Revisited yet. So. Okay. Yeah. So that oh, there cool. is that that floating around, uh, probably torn at this point. Uh, I'm sure YouTube has pulled his shit long time ago, but I'm sure it's 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 gettable. He he puts everything back together, and he does a lot of work to clean it up as best he can. In some some cases, of course, we've all seen the deleted footage. It's just almost impossible to yeah to make look great. But he he does a lot of work on them. It's really cool. Hmm. Did you ever see that photo of Mark Hamill? Uh, that he posted on uh, social media maybe about 10 years ago where it's it's him i guess in the uk they have a gas station called tashi oh and, and it's him <laughs> standing there that. and he's, yeah. he's holding a power he's holding like a like an acdc power inverter <laughs> and he's like i finally made it after 40 years <laughs> so this uh run the trench run the battle of the death star battle of yavin is clearly very iconic and based on world war ii movies of dogfighting and stuff like that and you know, we've all heard the stories where early cuts of the movie were shown and they hadn't finished all the special effect shots yet. So they just put in the footage from the World War II dogfight movies and these other directors are watching it going, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, what, you know, oh, and <laughs> I was thinking that's what Francis Ford Coppola is like. I vouch for this kid. Well, guess I'll start a winery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. In elementary school, I remember like, I don't know, second or third grade, we had to write. A story, right? It's like, hey, here, pick up, make a story, and it's like eight pages. It's like, and then you can draw and illustrate it, right? And of course, two years in a row, I basically made Star Wars. <laughs> yes, of course, <laughs> they're like the t-shirt. One of them was a, a space one, and one of them was like a yeah. World War Two pilots on a on an enemy base thing. <laughs> like, oh, I, I thought it'd been great if you actually just wrote out the story. Oh, of Star no, Wars, and the was... teacher's like, Dave, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly to in my mind, that was the only story that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I remember being in elementary school and just talking for ages about whether we thought Vader was really Luke's father and, mm-hmm. you know, before the movie came out. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the interesting thing is the, the the huge gap between six and one, and just all the shit that people made up on playgrounds about like right. oh god like, yeah oh, it's yeah. this and that it's like yeah, yeah for like and like generations like multiple generations of kids like yeah I mean that that's why Swick has been on so long yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's an episode of Swick I wanted I was toying with doing as things were winding down here like do a special episode called Swick 1977 and we talk about the stuff like we'd own like like Star Wars was the only thing that we knew. 
Like we we and we try to harken back to some of those ridiculous, not ridiculous at the time, but some of the theories that the playground theories mm. that we had. But yeah, we're like, nah, we're we're tired of talking about Star Wars. It's been thirteen goddamn years. <laughs> yeah. Even George Lucas is sick of talking about Star Wars. Uh, yeah. So they he blows up the star, Death Star, and uh, Chewie doesn't get a medal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not until everyone's I, I, dead. I, I've, yeah, I've always read that Wookiees don't like they don't buy into that bullshit. So, oh, is that one? Yeah, it's like they don't like they they don't fight for medals. So <laughs> yeah, he just turned it down. You ever see the comic series uh, Tag and Bink are dead? I've heard of it. It's like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's, yeah, that's what, yeah. And there there's a scene, um, a couple page. Well, I shouldn't say it, a couple panels. A better way to say it, a couple panel scene of Tag and Bink getting to Yavin right after they evacuated it. And they're like rooting through the stuff for some clue of where the rebels went, so they can catch up with them. And they find a find a box that fell behind a a small box that fell a bunch behind some other crates, and it was the it's is a the metal it said oh, his metal. on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there was some in canon explanation. I don't know if it's a comic or or something else that or or something that was made very close to when this was released. Like. Uh, he was too tall, like she couldn't reach his oh. neck, so they didn't give him a medal. <laughs> give her a box to stand on. Yeah. She's yeah. on a dais. Yeah. He's three steps below her. I mean, come on. Yeah, I but think what did that's he really the, oh my do? God. I think, Dave, I think you're talking about like the the opening pages of the relaunched Marvel Star Wars comic when, when Disney bought Marvel and Star Wars. I th- I th- oh, I really? I think that's that like the opening where... pages of yeah. that. I th- yeah, I, I remember it being a comic. Maybe I have the issue wrong, but I think that's. I think it was in a in the the relaunch of the comic Marvel comics. You had something, Quint? No, I was just saying, like, what did he really do? <laughs> Everything. Yeah, I mean, well, he clearly someone, convinced Han Solo to yeah. come back. Well, someone had to yes, shoot and someone had to fly. He did one of the two. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, but no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Chewbacca didn't agree with the war. He, I mean, he R2 yeah. sacrificed quite a bit. He should get at least yeah, a purple yeah. heart, right? Yeah. yeah purple. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe purple ram. Oh, that'd be a good song. Purple ram. Purple ram. <laughs> oh, too soon. <laughs> Not that soon. Yeah, <laughs> it was like 10 years ago now. Uh, probably. Yeah, probably about six or seven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez, I had to look it up now. It is from the comic. Leah giving Chewie a medal, but I think it's from the original line. Looking at the drawings, this this it doesn't have the um, credit of where this panel's from, but I think it's oh. from the original Marvel comics. So anyway, I, I had to know. Yeah. I don't know why. Of all the things we <laughs> speculated tonight, I've kind of let come and go. This one I had to know. Oh, is that from the original comic series with the the rabbit with the what? The, oh, the rabbit chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbit original series yeah. with Jackson the rabbit. Oh, it's Jackson. Don't forget. The- I couldn't. Couldn't come up with a name, but God damn it, I just I remember that ridiculous looking fucking rabbit. Well, don't forget the issue where Darth Vader thwarted Princess Leia from getting a loan. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a real issue. Oh, I know. 
Uh, Matt knows this. Quint might know. I have the whole, almost the whole entire run of that original Marvel Star Star Wars series in a box in the next room here. <laughs> I got it for like five bucks at the local comic. Oh, really? Because they're not mint. They're just they're just in shit oh, condition. Okay, right? okay. And he just someone had he had bought it from someone, and I was like, hey, and he's like, yeah, take it, five bucks. I will pay you to take this away from <laughs> for, for a while there on our web on neos.com before we became basically all podcasts. We had various articles we would do, and I started a whole series where i was i would take an issue of that comic and then just like pick it apart because it's terrible right and what when did it come out 77 right oh really right alongside the movie which is okay which is part of the problem is that they didn't really have a final cut of the movie or even the script to go for they were making shit up they were games of thrones oh yeah (laughs) where do we go with this and then and then as soon as you know there's like a four or five issue run that covers the first movie maybe six issues and then after that they're like Make shit up. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so that's when the rabbit comes in and all this other stuff. And I was doing this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through all 105 episodes or you know, issues of this comic. And then after I did, I don't know, 10 or 16 of them, I was like, this takes way too much of my time. Yeah. There's no way I'm doing <laughs> When I look back on my life, this is what I want to say I was doing. But yeah, that's how I know the name of that stupid rabbit so well. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know the line, you will be avenged, Piggy. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> all right. Anything else on the plot? So no, there's the only thing oh, that I can, sorry. No, I was going to say the only thing I can think of is that um, there, there was one cool addition that I really liked in the special editions. And that was the torpedoes. I thought the torpedo mm. effects in the special edition were fucking amazing. Oh, okay. What about the uh, Death Star blowing up? I'll go with it. Um, yeah. You know, the Death Star blowing up. It, it was like sparkles before. Yeah, <laughs> it was an improvement for sure. Uh, but but I, I think because the torpedoes actually going in was such a dramatic moment and such a, like, mm. like everybody's on the edge of their seat, whether he's going to make the fucking shot or not. And it goes in, it, and these streaking torpedoes in the original looked okay. But in the special editions, that like all of that, you know, all of the glowing thrust from them and all that shit it just made that moment much it emphasized that moment much better to me nice that reminds me so luke is the second person to make an attempt right Mm -hmm. the first person is what gold leader or somebody Mm. and he he makes his shot using the targeting computer and then with a a big explosion well right he's in a y-wing right yep or is he yep yeah and there's an explosion and he says negative negative it didn't go in. Just impacted on the surface. Like, how is there no damage to that exhaust port when Luke comes at it? Like, he shouldn't be able to get his it's a torpedoes different exhaust in there. Port. <laughs> well, There's multiple. It also depends on how badly he missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That impacted on the surface <laughs> of another yeah. ship. Oh my god! Uh, uh, gold, gold leader, you're you're way on the wrong side of the Death Star. I don't know what you're doing there. Well, you're, you're shooting at Yavin. What are you doing? <laughs> Looks like I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Over. <laughs> so, I mean, I wrote down a bunch of the trivia because there's a ton of trivia about Star Wars. You know, there's been so much said about how industrial light and magic, which was created to make this movie, basically invented filming techniques and equipment to make the shots they needed to make. Um, one of which was called the Dykstra flex, which is a motion control special effects camera invented by John Dykstra. I think it's John. Anyway, guy's name is Dykstra. <laughs> this, this thing, this part is interesting because they were shooting the, the effects and they were not a, a union shop, right? Cause Lucas just put them together. And so someone from the union came by 
and said, Hey, you need to, you need to hire union people. And they're like, okay, see this. How many of you union people know how to work this machine? The guy's like, okay, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Anything else on Star Wars before we rate it? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Well, it's easy for me. It's a 10. Uh, I know there's better movies, but I can always watch this movie. And uh, Matt, how about you? Oh, yeah. I I, I was going to try to say a nine because it's 10 so up there. But why why bother? Why nitpick nits? It's a 10. It's a 10. (laughs) Quint? I'm going to say a two. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously a 10 as well. I mean, All like right. this, this movie, even though I came into Star Wars light, this movie had such an impact on my cultural reference storage of, of quotes and knowledge. And just, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the most impactful movies in history i think like there's 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 very few other movies that you can really look at that had this much of an impact on not only the cultural zeitgeist that it became but also the movie industry you know that there's just so much that this movie pioneered and so much that this movie uh has has come to meant to pop culture has come to meant to culture really and uh yeah i can't say anybody who rates this under a 10 is just not giving it its due in my mind gaming the imdb (laughs) yeah well now you just box me in a corner here (laughs) no no no. anybody who races under 10 is an asshole (laughs) i didn't say that i i I think i'll have to buck the trend and go nine because because it's it's gonna be hard because then i know i gotta give the next one a 10 so it's you gotta go up from somewhere it's fair point yeah it is a fair point yeah I, i just still think that because it was the first and because it it did change. It shouldn't so be punished much. that it was the first. Yeah. 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 And then these are subjective scores. So, okay. Uh, You're subjectively wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, IMDB. All right, let's do this. Uh, since we've got IMDB and Rotten Tomatoes to guess, um, and we get three people, let's everybody guess both of them and we'll do yeah. prices, right rules. So let's see. Rolling the die. Eric, you go first <laughs> on uh, IMDb, which is a scale out of ten. Uh, eight point nine. Eight point nine. Quint. Nine point two. Okay, Matt. Uh, I will say eight point. What did Eric say? Eight point nine. Eight point nine. Yep. Yeah. Eight point nine. I'm gonna say eight point seven because millennials fuck up everything. <laughs> all right. Weirdly enough, you're all over. Oh, oh wow. really? really? See, I told 8. you. 8.6. Yeah, 8.6. The fucking oh. millennials fucked it over. Wow. <laughs> no, actually, it's, probably it's probably the old people, too. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I actually take that back. It's probably our generation that are still pissed off about Ray that <laughs> yeah. went in there and said, I'm going to fuck up the originals. So, yeah, yeah I take yeah, that yeah. back. Or, Sorry, millennials. Or it's the fucking boomers who just didn't fucking get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, how many of them vote on IMDb? Right, well, yeah. Good point. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes then. Percentage out of 100. Let's go reverse order. Matt. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that's probably on average a little higher. I'm going to say 90. 90. 90. Okay. Quint. I'm going to go 92. I was not going to go 92. Uh, 91. Oh, you should have gone over Quint. It's 93. (laughs) Quint. Okay. The Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980, directed by Irvin Kirshner, who also directed Never Say Never Again and RoboCop 2, with a budget of $18 million. What do we think it grossed in the U.S., not adjusted oh. for inflation? Again, this is 97 included? To the best of my knowledge. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Well, that's like they're bringing back Titanic, and that's going to in- increase its. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. yeah, Jim Cameron wants all the monies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants that title back. <laughs> well, he got the title. We back did, he did with he Avatar, Avatar yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Matt. What do you what do you think? All right. Um, last one was like what four sixty. So this has to be more, but not double. I'm going to say six hundred and twenty million. Okay, Quinn. I'm going to go eight hundred and forty million. Eric, six seventy. So the number I got, which is from Box Office Mojo, is two ninety two. Oh, I knew. I just knew yeah. the way Dave prefaced that we were all way fucking <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's... So, so now I'm confused on how, yeah, yeah, yeah how those I don't, numbers I, work. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of confidence, a high confidence in some of these, especially older movies that yeah. got re-released and the tracking of all this stuff. So I, I don't know how valid that number is. So you're all winners in my book. This sounds <laughs> all right. This sounds a lot more like a uh, 1980 only yeah. number, yeah. not a 1980 and 1997 number. Right, because what I mean, what movie was more talked about in 1980? Right. right. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it, it, the the re-release it probably made at least a 200 million dollars. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. Okay, the IMDb synopsis says: After the rebels are brutally overpowered by the Empire on the ice planet Hoth, Luke Skywalker begins Jedi training with Yoda while his friends are pursued across the galaxy by Darth Vader and bounty hunter Boba Fett. Uh, I have one issue with that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good synopsis for the first half of the movie. Yeah, yeah, but also across the galaxy is not really true because the hyperdrive yeah. is not working on the Falcon. They can't get farther than where they can go on sublight engines from. Uh, I'll yeah. pass that. I'll pass on that. I mean, you know, yeah. whatever. It's it's you know flavorful fluff. Language. Yeah, it's flavor, yeah. sure. But I mean, it's it really doesn't encompass the the um end of the movie at all right i mean if you're gonna go with a synopsis you kind of got to add the end of the movie or, or, or the last it. half of the Let's, well all right that right it, they, would yeah, they don't now. mention cloud city yeah. at all yeah yeah well not not yeah. if you're m night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. <laughs> who still maintains that at no point there you should ever spoil a movie oh really yeah. so he, he, I, and, uh, he gets really he gets really upset when people like Whenever he goes on a talk show and they start talking about Sixth Sense, and they're like, not to spoil it, but you know, he's dead at the end. It's like <laughs> he always he gets so mad every time. Yeah. Oh, I man. mean, with that, right? I don't have a lot of respect for him, but for that movie, I can understand. Like, <laughs> let people let people go in. Yeah, you know, that's his one good movie. You know, well that that pissed me off about how much people talked about that. Like, like by the we didn't see it till it was well in the home video and by the time i was like i was so tuned into there's going to be a twist it's like in the opening scene i'm like i think he's dead it's like and I was, it was ruined for me because so many people kept saying <laughs> well yeah when, when you know so that his movies have twists in them twist. yeah 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 so even even at that you know just talking about it endlessly and and just just going so gaga over it kind of spoiled it for me See, he 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 needs to make the the twist of a movie that there is no twist that everyone's yeah, just sitting right. there waiting for it. And just just put that in all the marketing. It's such an amazing no, twist. Yeah. But he he did that. Yeah, it was called Avatar: Last Airbender, and it was terrible. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that. I was like, "What are you talking about, Avatar?" <laughs> oh God, that was bad. Oh, can we talk about Star Wars? Yeah, uh, we could. Yeah. So all uh, most of our characters are back, and then in addition, we have, of course, Lando Calrissian, Boba Fett, Admiral Piet, 
Well, he starts out as Captain Piet, I think. Mm. The Emperor, Veers, and Yoda. Veers. In this movie. I got to say, the one the one good fix for me is that Emperor replacement with, with the, the chimpanzee. <laughs> the chimpanzee yeah, right? Yeah. That, that was, was, that was weird. just too stupid. <laughs> Oof. Right. It's like they got basically it was, it was some woman yeah yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> some woman some old woman and then they like superimposed a chimpanzee Chimpanzee's eye over eyes yep. i don't know what look yeah. they were trying to composite but it just was weird yeah well i think yeah but, I, I mean the the story that i heard and i don't remember where i heard this it was a long time ago but the story i heard that was that um they initially initially did not want the emperor to be human yeah, I could mm. or I could see that is what they, they were probably trying to go for something like that, but it still didn't quite work. Oh no, I'm not saying it worked. I'm just saying that, oh, okay. that was a story I heard. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. No, it, trying it, to go for like a, a Snoke-like effect. Yeah. yeah, they were they were going for like the the Emperor as an alien and yada yada yada, but um, they scrapped all that, which thankfully they scrapped all that. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> that was not a good look. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and you know, we'll talk about it in the next movie, but Ian McDermott is such an amazing part of those movies that, you know, adding him back into this and then yeah. even having him in the prequels, yeah. whatever we think about the prequels is, yes, those are good ideas. Yeah. And and somehow he came back in the sequel. That's that's the line they used to explain stop, it. Stop, stop, stop. Somehow. We're, somehow he's we're, back. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about like, the original Like, trilogy. no, that was just filler page. <laughs> we were supposed trilogy. to rewrite that. I'm yeah. in my happy place. Yeah, right. Original trilogy. I'm in my happy place. Original trilogy. I'm in my happy place. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're reading the stage notes. Somehow he's back. <laughs> this is the draft, yeah. right? You're going to fix this. <sighs> right. So in the opening crawl of this one, the, they say that the rebels are being led by Luke Skywalker. And I get it. He's the main character. I get it. He destroyed the, the Death Star. He's not leading the rebels. No. <laughs> right. No. I mean, he's, I mean yeah, he doesn't he's even have the general rank the that Solo's got. Yeah. Right. He's, yeah, he's like in tech, he'd be a hotshot coder. <laughs> right. He's not even. He's, Although what, what, what is when, when um, Han Solo comes back in from being outside on yeah. Hoth, he calls him Commander Luke or something. Right. Like, right. Yeah. yeah, he's Commander yeah, now. Yeah. Which is what? It's like Commander Skywalker or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting that being led by Luke Skywalker because he's, he's the, the golden boy, but like every scene we see on Hoth is Leia giving orders to yeah. people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Solo being a she's general. She's a princess. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. But well, is she still a princess now that her planet blew? <laughs> wow. Yeah, princess of rubble. Yeah. <laughs> what, is the, what is the line from the princess? The princess of death or whatever. <laughs> yeah, princess um, of asteroid. Yeah. Sure. Uh, oh, and that's the other thing. So Hans, I think he's a, maybe he's a commander or he's a captain or something in this. And he, he spends the first half of this movie with one foot out the door trying to get away from the rebellion. And then he's frozen in carbonite, and he wakes up, and then he's a general. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah, talk about failing up. Well, he's white. Yeah. Oh, well, they 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 asked him to lead the assault on the Death Star, but he, he wasn't stupid enough. Or what? What does he say? He's like, not, not, not crazy enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't ask you to do it. Well, who says they didn't? But I ain't crazy. You're the respectable one, remember? <laughs> yeah. The man who wears a cape every week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't fucking diss on Lando's capes. Lando's capes are awesome. 
That's the best part of the solo movie is all Lando's yeah. capes. <laughs> Lando is the best part of the solo movie. It should have been called Lando. When are we getting when are we getting that Lando series, yeah. man? Mm-hmm. That would be great. Right. So we start on Hoth and Luke and Han are out on their tauntauns. They're setting markers and looking for life forms that don't exist. Luke hears, Luke sees the uh, probe droid land crash down. And then somehow he gets, I mean, these wampas, I guess this is their natural habitat. But A, it avoided all of Luke's life form <laughs> detection sensors. And it snuck up on Luke close enough to like smack him in the tauntaun without Luke seeing them at all. Now, are they, are they, I get the sense that they're force sensitive. The wampas? Yeah. Oh, why do you say that? Because when, when Luke tries to get the, the lightsaber, like the wampa almost like reacts to it and can tell that like something's happening. They are. I never put that together. In our episode that we did about it, they are super sensitive to, to electronic frequencies. There's a cut scene Mm -hmm. where they were breaking into the, Hoth base, and that's mainly because of all the electronics in there were attracting him. And Luke's gear and his sensors and whatnot is what led him towards the Tauntaun, according to Wikipedia information. I like both of those explanations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it, the, the way it reacts. It's like when he's like trying to pull the lightsaber to him. It's it almost seems like I mean, the lightsaber's not even on at that point. Movement in the snow. You can feel the snow. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I just he's not force sensitive. He's snow sensitive. I just found it interesting that they they opened eh, probably not the same time frame, but it's still in the very beginning of the moving with movie with another arm getting cut off by a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's like Lucas has a fetish for that huh. stuff. All right, so apparently, if you have a Star Wars movie, arm gets cut off by a lightsaber in the first half hour of the movie. Uh, for me, this movie obviously this movie's great. We're all we've already pre said what our <laughs> score is. Right? Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, um, <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. But I, for me, the one thing my main single complaint about this movie is that uh, it looks too clean. And I because huh. the first movie, like everything is dirty, everything's gritty, everyone's outfits and hair is all kind of fucked up, right? And this one. Yeah, there's a little there's the snow stuff in the beginning, but like all the troopers have like crisp uniforms on mm-hmm. when they get out to flying around on the Falcon. All Han's clothes are nice and pressed and hurt, you know. It's just I don't know, it just feels the the universe feels a slightly less lived in in the first movie. Gotcha. I can see that. Yeah. You're wrong, but I can see it's that. It's a minor nit. It's all I got. <laughs> well, I mean, I think um the fact that they had a lot more budget probably, you know, falls into that yeah yeah oh absolutely you know they're not just wearing My, whatever set people can grab and you know do that stuff but it, I, I mean i never really saw it that way i will see after the rebels victory in number four <laughs> money started pouring in <laughs> oh, yeah. from all the other systems and they, they can finally hire, get new uniforms finally <laughs> hire cleaning staff their budget <laughs> their budget increased yeah so anyway that was a that was a minor thing um, so yeah, Luke, Luke gets caught by the Wampa. So his feet are frozen into the ceiling of the cave. I mean, that's, that's Wampa piss, right? I yeah, guess. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. Spit at best, <laughs> if we're lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. It could be, oh, I'm not going there. Yeah, I know. If we're, if we're very unlucky. I mean, it was yeah. clear and milky, so. Uh, you weren't going there, but you did. 
I did not. I, I just yeah. <laughs> where am I trying to thought? You, you yeah, alluded. Right, you fine, alluded. Fine, I went there. It was right. it was blue milk. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard Mark Hamill talk about that? The milk? Yeah. No. It's it was it's like what they call long life shelf life milk, and it's, uh, it's like oil based. Yeah. Oh. And he said he had to drink like he had to drink like the equivalent of like a, like a half gallon of it, oh, <laughs> like in all the takes. And he just wanted to. He just they wanted to throw up the entire. Time. Oh God, that does sound. Uh, anything oil based in milk sounds disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So back at the rebel base, which is still adapting to the cold, they've got their speeders, which can't go out at night, even though the animals can, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty amazing. We got these machines that don't work in the cold on a frozen planet. <laughs> um, Should have thought of that before you picked the planet, huh? Oh. Okay, come on. I grew up in northern Canada, and the cattle can survive out in the winter, minus 40, no problem, and our vehicles won't fucking start. So this is not... <laughs> yeah, that's good, yeah. good old Detroit irony. Yeah, no, 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 this is not uh, unusual. That is pretty crazy how cold does affect technology, just to kind of prove that that whole rebel concept. We went to ice at the Gaylord Palms, which is a ice sculpture garden, basically, and it's in nine degrees. The whole place is in nine degrees, and they warn you about your phone's maybe not working right. And I'm like, okay, that's just strange. I'll have my hand on, I'll be fine. By the time we got to like the second or the uh, last third of that whole room, like I would hit the camera on my phone, the camera button, and it wouldn't do anything for like three full seconds. It was crazy how the cold was affecting my technology, Mm -hmm. just like they were saying in that movie. So, you know, 40 years later, I finally understood what the hell that line meant. As somebody who watched this growing up in Canada, I was like, oh no, that makes sense. Yeah, even in in Pennsylvania where... In the winter, my first uh, digital camera that I had, a little Canon pocket camera, I left it in the car overnight. Mm. And it was, you know, however cold it gets in Pennsylvania. It's not, yeah, it's probably not nine degrees. It's probably 25 or 30. Mm-hmm. And the, the same thing, Matt. Like I turn it on and it's like you click the button and nothing happens <laughs> just, for like three seconds. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. 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 But they managed to get the uh, ion cannon working. <laughs> which True. Is, Good point. I mean, and uh, skipping ahead a bit, but this thing is. The, probably one of the more powerful guns we've seen in Star Wars, <laughs> minus the Death this Star. This is true. And yes. they managed to that going in the what? And I know you guys have covered this on Star Wars in character. Like, how, they've been on this planet for what? A couple of months? <laughs> years? Well, what is it? yeah, it was. It, yeah, I think the official canon story is like is like three months. It's like they did all that in three months. We did have that conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, the first ship's going to put in the ion cannon, and yeah, then we'll right. figure everything else. And out. the best part about the backstory of Hoth base or Echo base, if we want to get into that, is that the the Empire attack that we see on screen is not the first one. It's actually the second one. The first one got thwarted by a blizzard. We're, oh, we're supposed to believe there's an Imperial, uh, what would you call it, detachment somewhere in Hoth under the snow. <laughs> and they they weren't even even able to radio home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, that story is yeah. a whole mess. Like mo- most of the backstories of the, of the, tri- the original trilogy is a, a beautiful mess. I'll say it's, it's so much fun to talk about how, <laughs> how fucked up it yeah. is. So Han goes out to find Luke and Luke is stumbling along at night in the, in the cold. And Ben appears to him as a force ghost. I, I mean, it's a wonderful scene. I love it. And I was just wondering this time watching going like, well, why did Ben pick when Luke was half delirious and almost <laughs> dead to come talk to him about the most important thing he's got to do next, right? I've, I've thought about that more than I should. And the, <laughs> the only headcanon I've ever come up with that is that like Luke is in a weakened state and maybe more susceptible to be able to accept that the ghost in front of him is real and not a figment of his imagination. 
That I think he's more likely to think it's a pigment. I was gonna say, yeah, saying it out loud doesn't make as much sense as it did (laughs) inside my own head. Man, that was that was a crazy dream I hallucinated. Right, no no point in bothering following that order until this moment. I thought there was something to that, and now not so much. (laughs) So I always attributed it to in his weakened state physically, his force faculties are trying to preserve him. And that allows him to get in touch with the Force and see Obi-Wan. Oh, so you're talking about Eclorians, right? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is Han the only one that comes out to look for him on Tauntaun? Or is there like a team? Seems like it. No, it seems yeah. like seems like yeah. he's the only one storming yeah. out there because everybody else is like, oh, he, maybe he came back. Yeah. Like, Then I'll see you in Christian hell. Then I'll see you in hell. Yeah, so Han comes out. He slices open the, the Tauntaun to keep him warm. Cut to the next morning and Rogue Two, uh, Zev, I believe is his name. Zev right, Sineska, I believe is the full name. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to Zev, who's cool? <laughs> I have to say, the best thing ever that came out of this Tauntaun scene was the sleeping bag that Think Geek did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, they came out with this as an April Fool's joke, and then they actually had to make it. Because everyone fucking wanted it. It yep, was great. Yeah. It, and the details, like the zipper pull was a lightsaber thing. That was the best and, detail. Yep. Oh, it was it was amazing. And then the insides were guts, and the outside was the tauntaun. Uh, anyway, I had to just interject that before we get to Zev. Zev was cool. You all, you all know the tauntaun temperature joke, right? Okay. Yeah. I'll just, I don't I'll know let, that I heard it. I think, oh, boy. Oh, tell uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what's the inside temperature of a tauntaun? Mm. Lukewarm. Lukewarm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just remembered it as soon as you said that. I just remembered <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And I've got I've, so that I actually got a T-shirt that has um, hands wonton or hands tauntauns, and it's like this wonton thing with noodles coming out of the wonton. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a great T-shirt. I I've oh, that's good. been preserving it because it's falling apart. I wore it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody gets it. It's great. Yeah. Does anyone know anyone that ever got one of those sleeping bags? Yes. Handsome Luke himself of oh, Star Wars okay, character nice. fame. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Morielli <laughs> has one. Yes. Uh, yeah, so Zev, Rogue 2, picks him up. Well, I don't know if he picks him up. He radios back to Echo Base that he's found them. Somehow they get back. Luke is in the back to tank, getting all warmed up, which is where I. That's a good point. <laughs> Your only start memory of movie. Me. Does he pick him up? That's a good point. It's like I found him, and he just goes away, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you only got room for two people in those ships. So well, sure uh, it depends what... which version you see, because in Obi Wan, you could put a whole goddamn battalion of people in them. Apparently, uh, the, 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 <laughs> that movie, that show doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> They, apparently they can hover in place yeah, and, just and everyone they're they're a, they're a star wars bus apparently yeah <laughs> plus his cloak and hide little kids what obi-wan oh yeah i immediately thought of marge leaving the candy convention when i saw that scene oh my oh man so luke gets Healed in the back of the tank, and then we have this the wonderful... So this movie, I mean, there's a reason why a lot of people think it's better than the first one, and it's the dialogue, right? This, mm, this, okay. Uh, was, it, was it a Lawrence Kasdan script? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Lawrence Kasdan, uh, the dialogue is very snappy. It's very... There's a lot of good bands. There's a lot of great lines. We get the... I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. 
Laugh it up, fuzzball. And then, of course, we get the second brother-sister kiss in two movies. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... That one... Is, you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, we kind of need to talk about a little bit about why they put this whole Tauntaun scene into the movie. Right? Oh, the car crash? Yeah, no, oh, right. Motorcycle yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was like... Was it a motorcycle or a car? Explain? Yeah, it was... Uh, well... I recall it was a Go ahead, vehicle quiet. vehicular accident of some sort whatever yeah but yeah mark hamill got into an accident and his face was way different and had scars on it and they were like mm, how do we fit this in and that's why they put this whole tauntaun scene in like which is a so from way better solution than the makeup they use in the holiday special mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god uh, okay so that's that's the story that i have always believed but now if you look on IMDb in the trivia, it says that his accident was like right after the first movie came out. And so they, they didn't, they didn't never, they didn't add this in for that. It was, it was always in the movie. Hmm. So I'm not sure which one to believe. Uh, wait, his accident was after the episode five came out? No, no, the first movie. But it wasn't like right before this movie started shooting. They didn't have to like, oh my God, let's suddenly put this in. No, but I think it was basically. But still, but for the character looks completely yeah. different yeah. now. So it's like, why does he have all these scars on his face? Like where yeah. does come from? And, and I think the failure of the makeup in the holiday special induced them to just go, <laughs> okay, well, this is why he has scars on his face and this is why he looks different. Well, I mean, they, they did something similar with the um, trash compactor. Yes. Where he, he ruptured, he held his breath for so long, he ruptured a blood vessel in his mm -hmm. face and oh, so they geez. had to shoot from That's only one oof. side. From only one, one side, yeah. Yeah, Mark Hamill got fucked up in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right. For this movie, for all the snow stuff, like they were shooting up in northern Norway and they're like, oh, it's blizzarding out. Um, Luke, Mar Mark, you just go out in the snow there and we're going to stand in the building and just mm -hmm. shoot you from the doorway <laughs> yeah. while you're out in the snow. Yeah. There's a story... From when he jumps, we haven't gotten to this yet, but when he jumps from the snow speeder before the Adat steps on it, he, that was Mark Hamill. He did his own stunt on that, and he hurt his thumb, and he's rushed to the hospital at the same time his wife is giving birth to one of his children. So here she oh, is Jesus. in massive pain and labor, and he's like, I hurt my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... so it says here, an off-quoted myth is that the Wampa attack on Luke was devised to explain the actual, actual scars on Mark Hamill's face because he had been involved in a car crash and had to have reconstructive surgery. Mark Hamill did indeed survive a serious car crash in January 1977, but did not have any visible scars by the time this movie began filming over two years later. Hmm. That's what it says. I don't know what the, what the truth is. Well, I mean, it could also be that when they were filming the holiday special, he did have them, and then so they wrote yes. this in because he he was fucked up and they were covering shit up with makeup and they're like okay we need an excuse and maybe maybe that was why they wrote it in i don't know yeah that could be and then they just they didn't necessarily need it but they kept it in yeah, yeah. why not why not it's it was, a good it was a good regardless scene. yeah i was gonna say whether or not they did it to to explain that or not it's still a great scene it's it's and it leads to a lot yeah. of really neat things including the back to tank and the this the uh, the mm -hmm. the him using the force really for the first time that we see in the Wampa Cave. So it's a good yep. storyline, regardless of what the inspiration of it was. Exactly. Sure. And and not only that, using the force in the cave to to reach the lightsaber, and then seeing Obi Wan in in yeah, the that force, too. Yep. all of that yeah. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like like there's a lot of of world building and character building right here that 
is just like you said, regardless of why they had to put it in, it, it worked. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we get some Imperial stuff going on. The, the Empire is looking for the Rebels. They're launching probe droids out everywhere they can. This one starts to report back. Some of them are finally making it to Earth and over Alaska that we have to shoot down. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was going to make a comment about that earlier. <laughs> that is funny. I mean, I don't know how much people are going to remember this. I know, right? Yeah. episode comes out. Yeah. I don't know. They shot a third one down over Canada. So. Yeah. Over, yeah, like Huron or oh something like that. I just was reading before we got on. Jeez, yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard they also say they, they don't know what propulsion system it was using. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell once you blow it up with a sidewinder. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's alien. I didn't hit it that hard. 100% alien. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hit it that hard. I didn't hit it that hard. It must have been a self-destruct or something. Oh, how topical. Anyway. Right. So I love the whole promotion sequence we get here in this movie because there's Captain Nita, yeah. <laughs> there's Admiral Ozel, and there's Captain Piet. And through a various series of mistakes and hijinks Ozzel and <laughs> Nita both get and murdered and Piet goes from captain to admiral in a one afternoon <laughs> surpassing even Veers who's clearly the most you yeah. know Com- the most competent, competent exactly yes yes <laughs> well there's he, a reason that I predicted and he won the first uh, Star Wars <laughs> Star character, character face off yeah. yes yep I predicted it the night we were doing the the uh, rehearsals. I'm like, Veers is going to win. And uh, shit, who won? Yep. Admiral Veers. Who won the other time? Uh, Nobot. Although I think he stole oh, yeah. Akmina. Oh, that's right. There was the Lobot Akmina mm-hmm. one. Yeah. The meter didn't quite right. Work, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a, it was a just... 30 year old JavaScript. God knows what. What do you expect? <laughs> I just found it hilarious because I was sitting at the soundboard while you guys were doing all that stuff and I'm doing all this shit. And when Veers won, Chris is like points right at me and he's like, you called yeah, like, it. You're right, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you called it, buddy. Yep. For uh, for those who don't know, Star Wars in Character had live events at Star Wars Celebration twice in uh, Florida. And uh, they had the obscure character face-off where there was a whole bracket where we'd pit characters against characters and, you know, give a little background on each one, talk about who's cool. And then Chris from Star Wars and character run around the audience with a microphone saying and asking people, what do you like about this character? What do you know about this character? And then there would be a vote with applause. And Matt, as he said, found this JavaScript applause meter that would sense the volume in the room. And that's how uh, they got judged. And videos uh, kindly shot by Dave or on YouTube. That's right. <laughs> and to be honest, Admiral Veers is the most competent it was, yeah. Imperial he is, officer he was, yeah. by, that exists by far. on screen. <laughs> also, I have an Imperial tattoo, so uh, yeah, go Veers. <laughs> go Veers. Stop Veers. Go Veers. <laughs> go Veers. Let's go Veers. Let's go. Uh, let's see what we got here. The We want to call them walkers, adats, ATATs. That whole scene is still looks amazing. It does. Yeah, it really does. If you were going to try and top the beginning of the original Star Wars with that long shot across the Star Destroyer, mm. if you were going to top that in the intro of a movie, the AT-ATs just fucking did it. Right. And that's a combination of this go motion mm-hmm. and 
there's a little bit of puppetry because when the one of them falls over, that's actually just mm -hmm. a, a model falling over, right? And actually, thinking about this, watching the behind the scenes on specifically this and the Death Star stuff in the first movie, seeing that as like a 10 or 12-year-old kid on TV probably is why I'm working in film today. I could like see that. that. That was very uh, influential. To me, like watching the first movie, I'm like, they're flying around a Death Star. I don't know how you make this unless <laughs> yeah. you do mm -hmm. it for real, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, then they show they've got this, you know, 18 by 20 foot section of the Death Star surface on a freaking cart in the middle of the street. And they're driving past it yeah. on a car with a camera. Yeah. Just sh and I'm like, oh, you can make movies. Yeah, oh. yeah. Or all the stuff in Return where they're through the, the forest and they right. rigged up those cameras and they just walk it through the camera. Yeah, through yeah. the forest. Yeah. Having said that, the <laughs> idea of the tow cables on the snow speeders is interesting to me. I never thought about it before now, but, and I even had the toy. The toy was awesome, right? Even though the stupid guns always fell off. But, you know, you, you had a little arrow on the back with a string attached to it and you could like wrap stuff around. What purpose do these tow cables serve? First of all, towing. I mean, if you've hmm. got, if, if you've got a ship that's got like room for two people and one of them's a rear facing gunner, aren't you going to put like maybe a gun back there? I don't well, know. No. Why, why is the tow cable on the front? I don't know. No, the tow no, cable's wait, on no. the back. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they did have guns, but they established early on that the guns were ineffectual against the, the oh, yeah. ATATs, right? Like, so they were like, okay, guns aren't going to do anything. What do we got? And, well, you know, a tow cable. Right. I just think it's very convenient that they yes. happen to have tow cables on these things. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm not complaining. I love the fact that it, it gives us that, oh, my God, we can't we can't use the blasters on the armor. Let's use the tow cables. It's like, okay, we gotta, well, the, the tow cables are really fucking strong, uh, first of all. <laughs> we got to use the, the most primitive thing we have, which is rope against the most uh, uh, sophisticated right. weapon that's attacking us, the AT-ATs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a David and well, Goliath they, they redo thing. that in return. With yeah, the I, I get it. Yeah. But right, also, yeah. the, the thing is, is I know. you do understand how strong and what the tensile strength of cables right now are versus what the tensile strength of cables then could be, right? I mean... No, no. Cable. <laughs> <laughs> Look, cables hold up the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, but no, they're not that thin. No, but we're talking about, you know, nano. <laughs> also not made in space, though. So. Carbon fiber and all this That's shit, true. right? Like, I, I don't know. I, to me, this was just like, uh, I don't I don't have a problem with a vehicle having a Again, tow cable. Uh, yeah, no. I just, how many vehicles do you have that have tow cables? Two. I don't know, but there's a whole Reddit thread from eight years ago that says, what's the tow cable on my bow speeder actually for? So there you what's, go. What's your Reddit? What's your Reddit handle, Dave? Is that is this on you? SW Nerd 69. The T47 airspeeder is a cargo holder. The tow cable is a magnetic head, which is attached to cargo containers, which it holds. Idiot. Well, he didn't put the idiot <laughs> part, but he might as well have. But is that the only vehicle you're going to bring to? I, I don't know. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're scrounging whatever you got, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they installed them to try to get the trapped adats out of the snow from the first Imperial attack that we just <laughs> talked about a little bit ago. They had basically they had to haul all the cargo down to, to <laughs> right. make that ion cannon. Go. I don't know. It, it, I, I mean, I get where you're going with this, it's, but it, to me, it's just yeah. not that far-fetched. But again... It's not that far. It's yeah. just funny. <laughs>
So my other friend, Eric, who I do Naked Gun Minute with, texted me the other day. He was watching a TV show. And he's like, I always love help when people are trying to disarm a security system. The box that controls the security system is outside the house where you can easily <laughs> access it. Yeah. And then as I was watching this movie, I was like, why is the shield generator not protected by a shield? <laughs> well, it was, but they penetrated the yeah. shields with the AT-ATs, right? Uh, yeah, the 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 hand waving that goes on with shields in these movies. Oh is yeah, amazing. yeah. Oh god, yeah. I mean, I, if you want to go through Star Wars ships and which have shields and which don't and all that stuff, I have a plethora of fucking knowledge on on all of that stuff, <laughs> and it's boring as fuck, but hilarious as hell. <laughs> Yeah, there's there was like what at least at least two shields mentioned in Star Wars. It's like Chewie angled it at effector shields, and then they attacked the Death Star. Like we're passing through the magnetic shields. Yeah. So there's all kinds of shields. <laughs> oh yeah, you know shields that do yeah. different things. Yeah, I've always laughed at the shape of the shield in in Return, where it's like it's narrow, and then it balloons around the Death <laughs> yeah, Star. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, you're like that's, a, that's yeah. not how that works. Well, like, <laughs> but if you go by that then why did they have to turn that shield off for the shuttle Tidarium to get onto the planet? There's no shield around the planet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. What the hell? You're right. <laughs> Shield. Shields. What are you gonna, <laughs> How do magic. they work? Yeah. <laughs> How do they work? It's yeah. magic. But that's, I mean, that's exactly what these movies are, right? It's space fantasy. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Science yeah. <laughs> exactly that. It's space opera, space fantasy, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's not science fiction for sure. When the new movies came out and the Falcon was zipping all over the galaxy in no time at all. I'm like, oh, that seems real weird. But then you watch these original three and you're like, oh, eh, they mm -hmm. already do that. Yeah. yeah. They just don't, they just don't mm -hmm. make it as obvious. Well, and they don't go to as many planets in such time. short a time. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's that one time in the first movie where they're like, oh, we'll be coming up on Alderaan in 0200. So like, oh, okay. So even flying through light speed takes some time. Yeah. Let's talk about space and time. As we progress through this movie, because, well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, were you going to shit on the Parsons? Mm. That that <laughs> oh, no, no, that's no, not, no, we're not no, even no, talking no, about no. Parsons. <laughs> that's, that's been yeah, well explained. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Out of several it's been explained. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So the Imperials blow up the shield generator and invade the base. And uh, John Ratzenberger is there. <laughs> Did you ever notice the one line where they didn't overdub him? No. Most of the time he's overdubbed, but then it's it's when the I think it's right when the Imperials are coming. He's he's like, "All right, let's go. Let's get out of him." And he's like, and it's a full-blown Boston accent. It's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that is hilarious that they didn't overdub that one." So next time you watch it, when you get to that scene, keep your ears open. You're like, "Holy shit, that was Cliff Clavin that just said that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were looking at the trivia earlier, it said for episode 5 that um the Kirshner like dubbed over every like rebel soldier basically. Yeah, because he wanted he wanted all the all the Imperials to be British and all the rebels oh, to be okay. American to give that sort of American Revolution feel to it. So yeah. that the British are evil. But apparently, you know, they shot the whole thing in England. So, so they just, all the rebels yeah, were English it's very difficult. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they all just sucked at American accents, yeah. probably. In addition to uh, John Ratzenberger, John Larroquette is uh -huh. in this. Yeah. And Harry uh -huh. Shearer's in the first one. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's yeah. some is rando John uh, Imperial in on the Death Star. Yes, he's another random rebel dude that just oh. kind of is on screen for three seconds. Which one that. is uh, McGinnis's uh, uh, uncle? 
Guinness's uncle? I'm not, nobody Guinness. Uh, McGregor. Oh, you and McGregor's uncle. You're McGregor's uncle. Yeah, who is McGregor uh, related to? Wedge. Ah, Wedge. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that on Star Wars in character. <laughs> and possibly Star Wars Minute. Yeah. <laughs> Treat Williams may or may not be in this as well. That is still, this. Uh, they're all oh, these years yes. still undecided. Because no one can seem to find him in the movie, and Carrie Fisher has been quoted, but no source cited, as saying she just had him put the costume on for a fun a little photo fuck around shoot. But we, like I said, we can't find the accreditation of where she said that or who she said that to. So he may have, there are definitive pictures of Treat Williams in a rebel soldier outfit, but we, no one has ever to this day been able to confirm whether or not he's been there. And if you're going to write in to anything on Neo's as it says, you know, you don't trust me. We've exhausted this. <laughs> so don't write. Also, if you're going to write in, then that proves somebody who listens to yeah, the show, right. which I don't <laughs> I really don't. That's a lie. <laughs> that's not true. There's been like one guy on Facebook who keeps reposting stuff. So <laughs> nice. <thank> you, dude. <laughs> All right. So the attack on Hoth goes uh, pretty poorly. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, what's great is, you know, the, the, the Imperials have the superior firepower, superior armor, and the rebels have to get creative. They use the tow cables. Luke does the thing where he, he, he uses the, the pulley system to get up there and throw the grenade inside the, uh, inside the thing. And what else? How else do they, they don't actually think that's, a, that's about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's no other way they can destroy him. So, so the, the empires take over, they, or they, they invade the base. Everyone's getting out on the transport ships. They're evacuating. The ion cannon is able to take out like whole star destroyers. I'm that's, like, Why yeah. you guys just. <laughs> Can't avoid more than one of these. <laughs> you got to leave it behind now. It takes Talks seventy-two hours to charge. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. Speaking of taking time to charge, uh, I just reading in the trivia today, the first Death Star was supposedly could only fire once every twenty-four hours, and the second one could fire every couple of minutes, as we see in the the fight. I think they that say something like about that in Rogue One. I think they say something about that in Rogue One, which is why they don't use the full firepower when they attack Jada or Jada or whatever the hell the city is called. Jada Pinkett, get her get name right. out of my mouth. <laughs> get your Death Star out You've of your mouth. You've done it now. Mouth. No. Uh, it's, it was a Jedi. Yeah, they used Jedi. like a quarter or a sixth of the power. Right. Yep. Yeah, no, I get I get the fact that yeah, like in in Star Wars it's the only it's the first test of the full power cuz they only use part of it on Jeddah. That all makes sense. I guess it, it makes sense to me. I just never thought about it before that the recharge time on the first yeah. Death Star was a lot longer than the second one. And I don't think the well, I mean, I have no proof on this, but it would seem like you wouldn't need the full firepower of the Death Star to shoot a ship down. So they, maybe they right. put in a a dial that they could shoot it at like 5% yeah. or something. So it well, takes I mean, less time to recharge. Course, if you're already shooting at a quarter power on Jetta, why couldn't you shoot it at a third of a power on a ship and just have recharge, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's true. I'm um, just agreeing. Let's say it one more time. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't no, a full so- power blast they were shooting at the second Death Star. It's, it's like it's it's like an Iron Man when he tries to test out the, the repulsor. He puts <laughs> yeah, like right. 10% first and it right. knocks him into the, the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. So they manage to get everybody off of Hoth and uh, Luke's... Well... Says he'll meet up with them, but he's going to go off and meet uh, Yoda first. He's a liar. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, I mean, everybody except those who died in the trenches. 
<laughs> well, oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys, you and stay back. Dax. I mean, uh, Dax didn't. That's make what it. we call a rear guard. Yeah. Yeah. Dax oh, didn't yeah, make Dax it off. Uh, only people that count. Uh, okay. So all of only our people characters. with names in the yeah, in the, <laughs> right. The first fourth of the credits. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> so we now enter the sort of middle section of the movie where we're our heroes are split up. Luke and Luke and R two are going to Dagobah. Han and Leia and three PO and Chewie are going somewhere else and end up on Bespin, but they've got to get there first, right? And. Quint, I know you're dying to talk about the timeline. No. Yeah, this is such, it's such a mess. It is a mess. Um, I forgive it because it's space opera. It's what it is. A lot of this is exposition and, you know, what's going on. But you've got to really appreciate how much time Han, Chewie, Leia, and 3PO spent in the Falcon on their way to Bespin with... Boba Fett doing nothing but just kind of hanging out going, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to hang out here and tag along and see where they're going. That's the big problem for me. Because, like, I can totally see where it's like, we don't have light speed, so it's going to take us a while to get to Bespin. And so let's get comfortable. You know, let's break out the snacks and we'll we'll play some Jajark and we'll be okay but it's going to take us some time the kicker to all this is like boba fett's sitting there with a fully armed ship and we've seen what that ship can do in later movies and he's just hanging out there earlier movies oh sorry yeah later sorry sorry i was just uh, fucking with the the number (laughs) 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 rebooting uh, anyway, <laughs> or streaming series for that matter. <laughs> yeah, but we've seen what that ship can do, and he's just like happy to just like hang back and go. Let's see where they're going. But he has to get him alive. Uh, yeah, but he does um, have to get him alive. Yeah, but all he's got to do is shoot out their impulse engines, and he's done. But there's six escape pods on the Falcon, so there's there is the there is the danger of him getting him firing off all six escape pods in different directions if he doesn't know which one. Oh, you you can go on for thirty minutes about following them and doing nothing. I can't take six seconds to explain how escape pods can go different directions. Okay, I see. No, no, you're good. You're good. I mean, it's just a. It, to me, it's just one of those things where it's like there's there's this this thing where it's like Luke is on the planet doing all this training. And obviously, at least to me, this training takes a long time, right? Because that's the problem I have with the time in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, and and it's like it's like he's they 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 explain this by by it takes a long time to get to Bespin, and and so it's like (laughs) if they're moving so slowly to Bespin and Boba Fett still has light speed, like there's got to be a way that he can just like light speed up, you know, corner them and do do what I. This is the place where this movie really just like you need to, to just absolutely suspend your disbelief or suspend your belief yeah. and and wholeheartedly accept that the time from them leaving the Death Star to the, when they got to Bespin is a long fucking time because Luke did a <laughs> lot of training between there and then. Oh, I was actually going to say the opposite. Is like, how much training did Luke actually get? Yeah. You know, mm. because he, Co- couple back. Yeah, because so Yoda <laughs> says he's too old to begin the training. I'm like, fuck. What you need him for four days instead of three? What What's too well, old? You barely yeah. did anything. Well, and that's the thing. And to me, it's like, well, 
he's starting to learn how to do these force backflips and he's starting to learn how to, you know, move rocks and shit like that. And before that, all he could do was barely grasp a lightsaber out of the snow. Yeah. Right. So I'm not me, saying he like, didn't learn anything. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, no, no. What I'm saying is like, if you compare this to like a martial arts discipline, it takes a long time for you to go from like barely doing the right thing to right. You know, being yeah. fluent. Right. And that's why it's like, Okay, so this whole training montage had to take at least, you know, months, probably at least close to a year. And yet, uh, uh, you know, just, yeah, there's a. Don't think about it too hard. If you think about it too hard, your brain will pop. And like mine did, what, 20 years ago? Now, Now there is. That's why I am like I am now. There is a story that you probably won't find hard to believe exists. There is a story out there that explains to a degree, we covered this because we, we covered Dagobah, that Yoda's section of Dagobah, time virtually stands uh, still. And Luke uh, actually got more <laughs> training than we saw. But yeah, that's about I, the reaction I, I, I we all had I have read something too. about yeah, I have read something on like one of the the Wikipedia's or yes, whatever it's exactly. about Dagobah yep, and yep, time and yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. But my my only response to that is in the episode when Itchy plays Scratchy Skeleton like a xylophone, <laughs> <laughs> strikes the same rib twice. Yep, uh, that's perfect. <laughs> wizards, it's wizards. No, um, some sort of magical xylophone. Yeah. Or? No, that, that's that's really. Why would a grown man with a shirt that says "Genius at Work" be watching a children's cartoon? <laughs> I withdraw my question. <laughs> I don't know yeah, why I know that line. <laughs> <laughs> it's 13 no. years of doing a Star Wars podcast. That's how I know that line. <laughs> the real the real truth is they were actually torturing Han and Leia for like six oh. weeks. Oh, that, that, now that there. I can get behind for some Same. reason. I do find it weird that when, when, when they get to Bespin and, and they go to have the dinner and they open the door and, and Darth Vader's there. And then Lando's like, oh, he got here before you. Yeah. So he was just sitting around. For them <laughs> right. <come> like, like, <laughs> he got there like two weeks before you well, got there. I mean, I want to know is that after the door shut, did they eat? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. If, if, if you play the, the Lego Star Wars game, uh, yeah. Skywalker Saga, yeah, yeah, there is yeah, yeah. actually in that I scene, that. Boba Fett does come out with a turkey. <laughs> no, I think so, I did see this. I just, yes. So yeah. I, I don't have any problem believing that because. I mean, if Boba Fett is reporting to Vader, then Vader kind of knows where they're going, right? Boba Fett would be able to extrapolate exactly where they're going and tell Vader where they're going. And then Vader might tell him, okay, don't interfere with them. We'll meet them at Cloud City. So, uh, all right. Uh, It's still, it's painful. I, you know, similar to that. Good. I was just going to say, I always assumed that Boba Fett had a. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually trying to add on to what Quint said that Boba Fett also had a history with um, uh, Lando Curiosity, and that's how I figured out it would be Cloud City. And that's one of the things I kind of, even though I didn't want the solo movie, I was like, well, if we're going to have it, I'd like to see where Boba Fett fits into their history. But we didn't get that, unfortunately. Mm, Boba Fett. The one Boba Fett, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> His workout videos. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Oh, God. I just picture him lying on his back with his legs in the air like Jane Fonda. Oh, <laughs> Work the rocket. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the, the robot chicken sketch. Where, of course, they've done a bazillion Star Wars sketches. But the one where 
it takes place at the end of the first movie and uh, Palpatine is, is on Coruscant in his office and Vader calls in crying. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Death Star. Right. Uh, I just, I just picture the two weeks or however long it takes for the Falcon to get to Bespin on, you know, sublight drive right. that Boba Fett and Darth Vader are like sitting around playing pinochle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But I, it's not so much that they got there before them. It's more that like, there's all the scenes of like, just like Leia, at, like hanging out, like in like some sort of room waiting to go meet with them. There's there's a lot of stuff that happens before they actually go into yeah. the room with Vader. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, he, he, why didn't he just arrest him the moment right. they show up? <laughs> right, because, yeah, they get there, 3PO gets blown up. Yeah. And then they get new costumes, and then they go to dinner. And then there's Leia complaining. She's like, I haven't seen 3PO in a while. Yeah. And Lando's like, like, oh, he's probably around here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, But then when, when they do find 3PO, I love this part. You know, he he's Chewbacca finds him in, with the Ugnaughts. He's in six, seven pieces. And then he starts putting them back together and you can see, cause you know, 3PO always gets blown up. You can see out of his shoulder is like 600 little wires, yeah. right. That have been stripped and blown and burned. And he just starts reconnecting. And I'm like, it's going to take you six months to reconnect yeah. all of those wires with a hand soldering. Okay, so here's the thing, Dave, <laughs> I was with you when you blew up your rock band drum set. And I remember your soldering skills because we were both really fucking drunk. And I remember your soldering skills and I had to take over and soldered them in like 30 seconds while you had spent 10 minutes trying to figure out how to solder them. So, uh, you know, don't judge this on your soldering skills. That story, I don't recall at all, but I believe every word. Oh. <laughs> I, I still have a scar on my thumb from where I burned my ass off on the fucking soldering iron. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I can solder well or fast or at all. No, it was just like, but I'm saying, you, spent, you know, you spent like 10, 15 minutes trying to solder this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, give me that fucking thing. And it's just like, you know, two minutes later, I'm like, they're soldered. And we went out and we played rock band for the rest of the night. But let me ask you about this. What What is your headcanon to what the, the silver droid says to CP3? Well, he says, yeah. 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 What, what, what do you think that means? Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, man. Well, Matt, you, you know this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it is, it's, they never said the actual like words in Wikipedia, but they alluded it to being of profanity equal to fuck you. Yeah. Basically. Yes. Yeah. 13 damage. <laughs> <laughs> and what were the names of the stormtroopers that blew up C-3PO in the room there? Oh, that, I don't know. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Tag and Bank, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I think it's probably, probably right. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, the timelines don't make any sense, but it really took us a long time to it realize did. that. It's, you are 100% right. I must yeah. have watched that movie 30 times before I ever had a conversation discussing the timeline and never cared it's like i enjoyed every damn minute yeah. of it so you're right yep i will completely and wholeheartedly agree it wasn't until i basically probably until i met matt and dave where we started really nitpicking through it where i was like holy shit that really doesn't make sense yeah. that's the pro that's the problem watching this with somebody else for the first time is that when you've seen it like 50 times and you're all you're sitting there thinking is like Oh, they're going to notice right. this terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. like, and they never oh, do. They're always like, oh, that's cool. But I was just talking to somebody the other day about uh, Interstellar. Mm. And when they go on that water planet and they come back and the guy's been waiting there for 23 years. 
It's like, like it's a throwaway line, but then you're like, no, that, like, could you just imagine sitting right. there in, in a room by yourself for 23? It's like, it's, it's improbable. It's like, it's, I mean, that's the yeah. meme from that movie. It's yeah. Like, oh, that little detour just cost us 50 years. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you said well, interstellar. I, mean, I thought inner space and I was like, what the hell movie? What's you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm possessed. <laughs> oh, they need to remake that. We were talking about how much of these movies hold up and a lot of it does. But the one thing I would really love them to do a little bit of a pass, as we've mentioned before, some other things is the matte paintings of Cloud City. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the special editions did not do any justice to Cloud City before before the special editions. Cloud City was just like interiors. Right. They didn't have any of those matte paintings or any of that stuff in the back. Well, not as many. There's like not, not as many, many yeah. Um, but when they did the the special editions, they expanded that a lot, and I was like, "That's not hmm. good." Have you guys watched the Star Trek Next Gen on Netflix at all? With the redone stuff, redone mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 pretty much found its way into like all the platforms. Yeah, it's great yeah. because they sh- because that was at the oh. perfect time of. A- Sorry. No, I have seen them, just not on Netflix specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought, yeah, I got, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, wait, specifically on Netflix. Oh, really? Okay. The, the, that show was made in the in the mid-80s, mid to late 80s, and it was this perfect time when they, they weren't shooting shows on video yet. They were still shooting TV shows on film. And so they shot Next Gen on film, high quality, with, you know, mm-hmm. the full, you know, wide aspect ratio. And then they cropped it and did whatever they needed to do to put it on television. But when they went to put it on Netflix a couple of years ago, whenever this was, they were like, oh, hey, we've got all this great master footage. Let's use that. Make the make it widescreen. And then also went back and redid all like the shots of the yeah. Enterprise yes. in space and the shots oh, of shit. the whatever. Uh, all this, all the, like the view screen yeah. stuff that they see in the front of the bridge is all redone. And like, it all looks really literally good. every yeah, visual I, thing I have, like redone. Yeah. yeah. I have seen okay. it. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't realize it was done when Netflix got it is what I'm trying to say. So I have seen what you're yeah. talking about. It's yes. okay. It was done somewhere along those lines. Oh, yeah. So, gotcha. so okay. that I must go and rewatch this then because that sounds amazing. Yeah. It does. It is. And the problem, the problem is, is that with all the later Star Trek series, they were all in the time where they started shooting stuff on uh, video. And so well, <laughs> even the masters are NTSC yeah. 480, yeah, yeah. 4x3, whatever. You know. They were doing that for a lot of shit. Like uh, Seinfeld, they redid. Yeah. Like from 4.3 to rescan it widescreen. Like, the wire. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, you know, there's arguments one way or the other about whether you should change the original aspect ratio of when it originally aired. Cause the, you know, the cinematographers were like specific. Yeah. There's always crap in the side. They had to paint out like mm. C stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's the thing is like, all they need to do for this best bin, just clean up those, those mm-hmm. paintings a little bit. It would look really good. Uh, what else is going on here? We get to the whole hand gets tortured. I, I actually thought for a PG film, they did a really good job of showing how the beginning of the torture scene and then Han just screaming and screaming and screaming and then dragging him into a cell later was for a mm-hmm. PG film was pretty impactful. You never even asked me any questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that line for some reason, it took me so long to realize that they were just torturing him as like a force beacon to get, to yeah, yeah, exactly, yep. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all it was. 
Right. But me, I was a stupid kid. I'm like, oh, they're just torturing him because yeah, no. you know, yeah. I don't know what yeah. the going No, on. I get it. You know? But it was, I, I thought it, it, just the whole filmmaking aspect of it was like, how do you take this yeah. really dark, dark topic and just kind of like tone it down enough for kids but it, and still make it impactful? And I thought they did a really great job. I had no troubles with that scene until I found out that they tested that on Willow Hood. Then I got mad. <laughs> <laughs> I always make it a point when I'm watching this again to make sure I see Will. See Will Hood. Hood yep. <laughs> oh God, I love Will Hood. I my my phone <laughs> icon for Matt is still a picture of his T-shirt <laughs> that he got sent that said "I fucking love Will Hood" with you a love picture Will of Matt on it, and it's just. It's fucking amazing, mm. and that is like every time I text or call Matt, it's like that's what shows up on my screen because it's just so perfect. Oh lord! <laughs> How early in Star Wars and character did you cover Wilbur Hood? That was pretty far back. Yeah, yeah that was that was. I want to say within Second the first season, has to be within the first year. Um, yeah, I feel like it's episode thirty-five. I don't know why that sticks in my head. But yeah, it's like Matt sent me this picture and he was like, yeah, somebody sent me this. I don't know if it's creepy or cool. And it was this picture, (laughs) picture of him in a T-shirt with him wearing this T-shirt that somebody had sent him that it just said, I fucking love Wilro Hood. And it's a picture of Matt on it. And that's my first gift. That was because that's a quote from you from the show, right? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a song. It's a song from the Christmas um, yeah, it's, it's a quote oh, from the show, and it's a song in yes. a Christmas episode. Yeah. It is episode thirty-five, right. and like the first two or three years, we did do an episode every week. So this was within the first year. To me, those were the most magical episodes of Star Wars and character <laughs> that I'd ever seen or, or listened to. I mean, it was just like, oh shit, do it this anymore. is awesome. If, if Hank Azaria can't do a poo, I'm not going to do Warhood anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, Vader and uh, Boba Fett got to Cloud City ahead of time, and they capture Han and Leia. They torture them to attract Luke because Vader wants to bring Luke to the Emperor with the chimpanzee eyes. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. poor Lando gets involved in the middle of this, and he it's basically his fault that Han gets frozen in carbonite because mm. he's like, um. We only use this facility for carbon freezing. You put him in there, it might kill him. I do not want the Emperor's prize damaged. We will test it. On Captain Solo. At least, at least, um, Vader shows him a little bit of respect. He gives him a title. He calls him Captain Solo. You know, at least he gives him that. He calls him Captain Solo, <laughs> not Han not, Solo. Did not know his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He this didn't is know embarrassing. His, I don't know your first name. Be bothered to know his it's first like name. him calling him Skippy or yeah. Yeah. Sport. Yeah. Or something. Okay. Well, I take all that back. <laughs> I'll, I'll just file that away with my uh, uh, Luke seeing the Obi Wan ghost theory. It'll come back so to you when you edit. We... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was watching this the other day and, you know, the door opens and Han starts blasting away at Vader, I was like, wait, does does Han actually know what Vader looks like? And then I was like, oh, right. Back when in the first movie when they're on the Death Star and they see him fighting. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, think yeah, of yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was always one for me as a kid. One of the greatest scenes was Vader ripping the gun out of Han's hand. And as, when I got older, I was like, okay, I, I know how they did this. But it was even cooler, even past mm. figuring it out, when they released like every bit of footage on his Blu-rays, seeing them throw the gun at David Prowse and missing it like 30 times. <laughs> it was just, I just love the fact that oh, I, I had that whole evolution in my life, in my lifetime to be able to see that. That was great. So that's, I don't remember this. So they just threw the gun until they yep. got it? Yep. Yep. 
Yep. If you look at the oh, deleted scenes, fair. they're probably on YouTube. If you look at the deleted scenes, there's like a montage of like, I said 30, but it might be like five or six of them throwing the gun at him and missing it. It's it's great. Yeah. I mean, how much can he see with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that just reminds me that's uh, the first uh, Spider-Man movie where Tobey Maguire's got to catch all this stuff on the lunch yeah, break. Yeah, right. Yeah. They just, they just threw everything up in the air and kept shooting until he caught it all. <laughs> It was like 120 takes or something. So to me, it was like, you know, I I think everybody in the galaxy at this point would know what Vader looked like because to me, it was like they're portraying him as the epitome of evil. The empire, the emperor is like sitting back, kind of like pulling the strings, but the epitome of the empire and the strength of the empire would be in the image of Vader. That's interesting. I, I so you think you think Vader is the face of the empire. I I just wonder how much he's the face to intimidate people, or whether he is sort of like this hidden like attack dog that he the vampire can just like sick on people, but he's not really an official part of the empire. You know, it's yeah. It's, yeah no, I see what you mean. I, yeah, I actually think it's, it's both. I, I think that that yeah. you know, it's like. Do not make me sick Vader on you because Vader is like this, this sort of elusive yet media focused, but yet this elusive power of like, nobody really knows what Vader is or who Vader is or what's going on, but he's also like the, like, but they know what he looks like. Enough exactly. To him. It's like I mean, still, even then, the door opens up and there's a guy sitting in an all black suit with, with a black well, mask and, and a flowing cape. You could kind of put two well, and two together. Like, yeah, you know, capes. But but I mean, to me, it's like, yeah. do you want me to send Vader to your system? Because I will send Vader to your system, sort of thing. <laughs> That's how you get right? Vader. That's <laughs> how you get Vader. You know, that could be. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the. I mean, I don't want to get into a deep discussion no, I, about I, the. I'm just saying what politics I, of this galaxy goes. No, no, I'm but, just saying what I. But what I mean, I felt, I, oh, you'll talk about original trilogy <laughs> politics. You don't want to. You don't want to talk about a prequel. See, this is what I'm talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was always how I I perceive Vader. Is like Vader's that guy who's like right-hand man who's like he's like um uh himmler smithers no oh no it's like it's like himmler it's like do you want me to send Himmler? Yeah. because if you don't fucking do what i say i will send himmler because i mean yeah. and they pulled from I, I got it the first two times yeah, they... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right shut up <laughs> All right, so eventually Luke does land, and then we have a really impressive lightsaber battle. Okay, yeah, now, yes. now we're talking good lightsaber battles, right? So yeah, Vader Vader lets him, you know, manages to kind of let him find his way to the. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Let's go back to the carbon freezing chamber when they're freezing mm-hmm. Han, because this is a masterwork of like minimal production design, because it's basically. The flooring, the set, and mm-hmm. then red lighting. Yeah, because there's no walls in the background, and I'm like yeah. I never noticed that for the longest time. I'm like, holy shit, this this is just basically a play. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but it's also got some great lines. Yeah, well, yeah, scene that whole scene yeah. has great lines, like where where you oh, saw yeah. Chewie, you know, the princess. You have to take care of her. And I love you. I know. You know, the whole Me Too thing, like all of that stuff. Like this was 
He got me too. Yeah. My, I was like, wait a minute, what? And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. But but no, like <laughs> you should know. You should have seen Dave's face when he said that. He was like, wait, what? <laughs> but but no, this, this this whole scene had so much gravitas to it. Like like there was so yes. much back and forth, and it was like expertly shot and cut, in my opinion. Yeah, and I it's agree. the build. Yes. It's sort of the the uh, climax of the rom the romantic yeah. angle between that we haven't really talked about between Han and Leia, which you know starts at the middle of the first movie and builds through this whole movie, and it's just so well done. Yep. So then, yeah, Han gets frozen. Luke comes in, and they they have the the fight. Which I don't know. What do you think? This one versus Jedi, better, worse, lightsaber duel. Oh, uh, I think it's better. Without jumping to the next movie, I think, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now, and we'll talk about it again in this episode. I think Return of the Jedi's lightsaber fight is the definitive lightsaber fight for me. Okay. It's the most uh, emotional, passionate one. Even It's even better than the dance-off of uh, Revenge of the Sith, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think any of the prequel stuff met matches up to the any of these right yeah to me anyway. yeah yeah although so this, this is one, no slouch it's a great it's a great fight right yeah and, and to me this one definitely escalated on what star wars portrayed it as these old stodgy guys whacking at each other with fragile lightsabers but this really started to open up what people could do with lightsabers and how the battle could flow and all of that stuff. Cause I always break this up into two, the original lightsaber fight before Vader disappears. Mm -hmm. And then when Vader reappears to me, those are two different lightsaber fights. The first one, Luke's got the bravado. He thinks he's learned a lot. He goes up against Vader and he does really, really well. And this is like a real cool lightsaber fight. Then they get to, Vader disappears because he knocks him off the right. platform. And he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I love when they when Vader's throwing shit at him. It's well, so that's the second yeah. part of the fight, <laughs> and he's just flailing around. Right. <laughs> you can tell the things that are hitting him probably weigh like five pounds. <laughs> the second part of the fight, just bouncing is, off, is him. exactly that. What you're talking about is like yeah. Vader is now like, okay, you can fight with a lightsaber, but can you fight with the Force? And Vader's just showing him what fighting with the force is really like and he's just like i don't even need my lightsaber i'm just gonna fucking hurl shit at you and you're you're <laughs> completely outclassed here i don't know it, it's like one of the best fight sequences i've ever seen on screen yeah that's what you get with a a good idea from lucas and a great screenwriter and a mm -hmm. great director mm -hmm. <laughs> And and it's just like that juxtaposition of those two fights it's like luke's gonna kick Vader's ass and then all of a sudden, Vader just fucking turns it on, and it's like, oh, you thought you were doing good, didn't you? It's like that Kill Bill line. Oh, you thought it was going to be that easy, exactly. didn't you? <laughs> the movie shows Vader really fucks him up, ends up cutting off his hand. And it's just like, at that point, as the audience, you're just like, what in the fuck is going on here? Like, I thought this was like Star Wars where Luke's going to win and, and all this stuff. And it's really just that middle episode where... The Empire is very strong, and anything in the middle of a trilogy is going to be the bad guys are surging. And this really just portrayed that really well. Yeah, this movie definitely threw everyone for a loop when it came when it ended on the, yeah. on the downbeat yeah. with everyone screwed up. Because then, I don't know, had, had anyone ever done that before? I don't know. 
Probably, but I mean, yeah, not as big. Not to, yeah, exactly, not, not as such a, a big commercial successful movie as that. I would well, imagine. And not right, only he, that, got, not with the cliffhanger of "I'm your father." Well, yeah, yeah. There's that. Plus, you've got you've got legions of kids playing with these toys, and now you're going to say like, "Oh, all those toys you have, they're they're mm-hmm. bad because the bad guy's going to win." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the early 2000s, uh, Lego Star Wars, it, there was no voices to any of the characters. They had just had sound effects. Yeah. So to get that scene across, they had to have uh, uh, Vader hold up a picture of him yep. and a <laughs> pregnant yeah. Padme. And then he points at the stomach and points at Luke. It was fucking brilliant. But you were saying, Eric, you're saying that they now have, they've added the, voices. The, now now the, in the new one that came out last year, they have, they, they, they're almost like stealing portions oh, of the movie uh, from it. Oh, it's wow. Really, it's, they, oh, it's they, really they good. Really now. good. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's got like really good at like voice acting. I guess that's cool, but it's also unfortunate because I thought the way that they did the Lego things was just so cool because there's no voices and they just to the yeah. to the example you portrayed, they just portrayed things really cool. Yeah, it was part yeah, of it was charm. part of the yeah. charm. But right. yeah, so uh, Luke gets his arm chopped off. Vader's his father. Luke jumps out the bottom of the thing, gracefully drifts down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's this weird Rube Goldberg contraption where he makes his way out the bottom of the place, yeah, <laughs> and then. He he calls out for Obi Wan, realizes, and I guess this is one of the things that like, he realizes that because Obi Wan told him, "I can't help you if you go do mm-hmm. this." Mm-hmm. So Obi Wan doesn't answer. He calls out to Leia. She answers him, even though, as like has been documented many times, Lucas didn't think that she was his sister at no. this point. So this is just like, oh, they've got a connection, or she's close enough. She's within radio range. Oh, exactly. It it's like yeah. Luke's powerful enough to to talk to someone close to him or whatever. Right. So then they they come pick him up. You know, the end with the movie with they're at the medical frigate, the rebel medical frigate, and Luke Luke gets a new hand, and Lando and Chewie are heading off to look for Han. Great ending. I love the starscape at the end of this, you know, when they're in the medical frigate and they're looking over this just gorgeous fucking starscape with this planet and yada, yada. I thought it was a really good end to a fantastic movie. Yeah. And even though the star, the star pattern is incorrect for time, according to <laughs> it doesn't match the fictional yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. Not over there. <laughs> oh, Mr. DeGrasse Tyson, this galaxy far, far away. Now, now am, am I, am I Mandela affecting myself here where it's in my memory of, oh, I just watched it the other day and it it's, they got that shot of the back of them. Out mm-hmm. the window mm-hmm. when when like the Millennium Falcon flies away, and then I always thought that was the ending. Like yeah, but then there, there's now on Disney there's a reverse shot of that like backing away from that window. Oh, as like yeah. the true as like the ending. No, I think that I think that was in that the original. The, them backing off was already in there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, I for some reason I always thought it was the like just the back of them, no. and then like no, they went from the like, back yeah. of them to the front of them and then shot back out. Yeah. Okay. You were talking about the view of the stars and stuff of the galaxy while they're in there. And it's like, they're, they're really looking at like an entire galaxy yeah, yeah, right. on yeah. its edge. Right. And I'm like, okay, they are really the fuck out. in the yeah. Of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the outer, outer rim of the galaxy. Yeah, but it was, it was just like the first time I saw it, it was really impactful to me that, that end shot. Okay. Uh, to anybody not giving this one. Yeah. 10. <laughs> I'm no. not. Oh, you give it an 11? I'll, gi- I'll give it 11. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to give it a 99 because it's probably Gretzky level. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go. I, I would 
defy anyone to say there's a better sequel than this. Highlander 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, there's only one. <laughs> even, a even as a joke, that's terrible. <laughs> that movie was garbage. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, can you name me a better sequel? Some some would say Godfather 2. Um, okay. I don't. I don't necessarily agree. I think Godfather 1 and 2 are equally good. But, yeah. uh, I'm talking that much better, though. I mean, Godfather 2 may have oh. been better than Godfather 1, but Empire over the original Star Wars is like, this took what Star Wars did and made it. Oh, Terminator 2. T2 is a good T2, one. T2 yeah, is way better than No, T1. I disagree. Well, I agree to disagree because T2 was good. T2 was fantastic, but T1 didn't have shitty child actors. <laughs> I mean, yes, that actor does detract quite a bit nah. from that movie. And T But the scope of T2 is like a thousand <laughs> oh, times more. But T1 yeah. was just groundbreaking in what it did. It was. I I I mean, everybody always says I mean, yeah, T2 is such a reasonable people can disagree yeah, on that. Everybody always says T2 is like the the big fucking blah blah blah. But T2 was a the Dark Knight. T2 was a blockbuster versus T1 being a kind of an indie film, really. I'll agree with I'll agree yeah. with what Eric just said. Dark Knight is better Knight, than yeah. Batman, but okay. Empire and Star Wars are both better than those two, so they're higher up on my scale, if that makes sense. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I but mean, I will say yeah, the Dark, kinda... he's, he's right with Dark Knight. I like Dark Knight yeah, way Dark better Knight, than Quint, Batman. Dark Knight was better than than Batman Begins. I agree totally. Yeah, sorry. Quint's, that's Quint's it. point yeah. is is I, I think Alcohol well fuel. made in that is this was <laughs> they well that too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know this this sequel was it was hard to it was really hard to surpass the original, and they did it in spades. Yep. Yes, there are. You can argue other movies have had great sequels, and we've done it on this show. Like what? But yeah, like like what had a better sequel like than this? Godfather, Terminator. <laughs> no, we've already discussed those two. I know that's what I'm saying. Dark you Knight. can argue that some movies, Dark Knight, yeah. right. but Baby right? Genius. I, well, I, too... I do think, that, yeah, I. <laughs> but that's the thing the, the dark knight is the, like in comparison to batman begins it is so much more better it's it, or better yeah i like so that. much no, better their guns like, so much more better yeah, i like well, that. it's more better it's more better the, the the step up from oh, yeah. that yeah, is is I, like no way more no than this there. like yeah i think that you're you're absolutely right there there are other uh trilogy series that have better sequels than the originals but I don't think that any of those that you're talking about had the dramatic step up and the expectation of being that much better than this. Yes. Like, like correct. Yeah. No, fair enough. Like, yeah. This okay, was the, yeah. Be, because yeah. if you look at the status of how well Star Wars did and was made exactly. and how great it was. And then it to go up from there, the amount that this one did. Yes. I don't, I don't, I can't think of anything else exactly. that did. Exactly. And that's my point. It's like, like. Maybe staying alive. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, you're, you're always there to take me down a notch. 
<laughs> Man, I just spit on my fucking mixer board. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was good. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Oh, thank you for my com- What what about uh alien aliens? Uh well, I mean, again, aliens they're, they're both, both so, so good. good. That's a tough one. Aliens no. is arguably, you know, a good chunk better. No. I mean, they're different oh, though, right? God, one's yeah, action, yeah. one's I mean, horror. Yep, yep, yep. I was going to say aliens aliens is more exciting. Yeah. Um alien is more psychological right. in my and, for and my me, view. Alien is a much better movie than aliens. I enjoyed aliens. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I quote it. I do all this, but alien was like a right. way better movie than aliens. I've, I've got it. You can't argue with this at all. Avatar, Avatar two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when I we did the, uh, when we did the alien so franchise, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when Dave and I did the alien franchise, I argued that they should have the four, the quadrilogy, the four movies. I argued with him that they should have named those alien aliens, alien two and aliens two. Mm. <laughs> Because the the first and third movie is just one alien, and the second and fourth are multiple aliens. And then Kenny Powers meets aliens. Yeah. Why Kenny Powers? Because because he was in that one, right? Alien with a covenant or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure I'm remembering this. Yeah. Yeah. He was. I. I couldn't. It's the moment he popped up. I couldn't take that serious. Yeah. I think he. I think he actually wrote part oh, of that geez. too, didn't he? Did he? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, because isn't well, for yeah, Franco's, isn't it? Isn't it? Franco's like in the, it. the ship captain. Yeah, he's the, the one that gets yeah. died in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. 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 Gets died. Gets, gets, gets died. Dead. <laughs> gets died. He gets died much All right, better. So more better. Let's do. Let's do some ratings here. IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Let's start with Rotten Tomatoes and uh, roll the magical die. Uh, let's have Quint go first this time. Out of a hundred, Quint, what do you think? Empire Strikes Back gets on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, right I'm right. going with my heart, not my gut. And my heart says 98. <laughs> 98. Okay. 98 for Quint. Eric, what? 95. 95. Matt. Oh, I was going to pick 98 because I thought it'd be closer to 99. So I'm going to go with my heart and say it's 99. And if it's not, everyone else is wrong. Uh, what docking bay are they supposed to be? Meet the 95. Falcon at? 90, 94. 94. Sorry. I was off by one. Yep. So you're all over again. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, 94 right. is still well, respectable. All right. A majority of the critics are wrong. <laughs> but hey, 94 everybody. is still respectable. All right. So, respectable. yeah. It's pretty yeah, good. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, IMDB yep. rating. Uh, so let's go reverse is what? Quinn no, first? No, I, I went I first. I what order I just did. You went first. Matt first. Oh, uh, what the heck was the Star, Star Wars was eight? Yeah, Some, Star Wars 8.6. I will say, oh, okay. Oh, it's got to be higher than that. I feel it's it's got to be nine unless these people are insane. I'm gonna go with nine again. I think that's what I put for Star Wars. I'm gonna say it. I'm saying my nine for Empire. Okay. Nine. Eric. Nine point one. Quint. Mm, Eight point nine. You're all over again. <laughs> but I it's win. 8. Seven. Eight point nine wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, it's Price is Right rules. You guys gotta like when everyone is going high, you give you say one, and then you're just gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's the higher number. No, because Price is Right. No, I know, but I'm saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, directed by Richard Marquand, who also directed a bunch of TV. That's a, it's a, such a strange thing. It is strange. Movie. The reason, and I didn't realize it until now, I'd, I'd read all the making of Star Wars books. I didn't realize it until looking through the trivia this week. 
the reason that he picked one of the reasons he picked Marquand to direct this is because Lucas was having a feud with the Directors Guild of America based on like one of the first or second movies, like credits, credits and yeah. all that. Oh, you know what it was is he doesn't put any of the credits at the beginning of the beginning movie. Of the movie yeah, yeah. And so they kicked him out of the DGA and he couldn't be. And so he wasn't in the DGA. And so he couldn't actually hire anyone in the DGA to shoot this movie. Yeah. He wanted Spielberg. He wanted who's the, it shows. Yeah. Uh, there was a bunch of directors who were supposed to do this movie. It was like uh, David Lynch and, you know. Or... Well, did you, did you see that other trivia from episode five where they said that, like, you know, he intended to just be a producer. Yeah. And, but then they're like, it ran over budget and the studio was pissed. So George Lucas actually had to come in and, like, direct a bunch of scenes right. and, like. Yeah, he did. Movie, some, yeah. And and so I wonder movie. if maybe he's doing. S- <laughs> well, no, that was on. That on was episode on five. five. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. I this, mean, but, he ruined that one, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say. You can't. You just spent 10 minutes what, arguing Empire? about how great five is. Oh, no, no, I'm really... sorry. What are we talking about? Is that, oh, episode five. Epi- yeah, I'm no, saying an, an episode five, yeah, yeah, he he apparently is like directed a bunch of scenes and had to like basically, and it, it was only because, he was only could do that because he was like, you know, the Kirshner was like a professor. Yeah, of no, yeah. I was, so he knew they had a good relationship. So I'm wondering if. not, uh, yeah, yeah, exotically. Yeah. So I'm wondering with maybe six, he wanted to pick someone that he could kind of bully around. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big like, time. There was a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard, Richard Marquand was just some TV guy. And yeah, Lucas was very clearly much more hands-on yeah, yeah. than he should have been. Uh, so the budget. So the first one was 11. The second was 18 million. The third one is 32 and a half million. And again, these okay. these box office numbers, I don't know what they actually mean. The first one was like four four sixty. The second one was two hundred and something. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What do you think this third one is, Matt? Okay. So, oh man, it had the biggest cliffhanger of our lifetimes, and so it's got to be more than Empire. But that I think that New Hope one is all fucked up. So I'm going to say three hundred twenty million. Okay. Go somewhere close to in between. Eric. I'm gonna go just because the other two were just weird. I'm gonna go six fifteen. Okay, Quinn. Oh, um, that's a big gap. Uh, let's say five ten. Okay, Max closest three oh nine. Yeah, that's what I. I was. Hey. I didn't know if the website was like fucked up. <laughs> I right. was like, now the third one shows all of them combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so the IMDb synopsis is, After a daring mission to rescue Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt, the rebels dispatch to to Endor to destroy the second Death Star. Meanwhile, Luke struggles to help Darth Vader back from the dark side without falling into the Emperor's trap. Yeah. Yeah. It's not not the worst IMDb synopsis I've ever heard. Uh, So That's true. uh, A lot of our characters are back, and new ones include Moff Jergerod, Admiral Ackbar, Jabba the Hutt, and Bib Fortuna. So, this is a weird movie, mm. right? And, you know, they were <laughs> trying to figure out how to f- end this trilogy, and they sort of did it. Like, they sort of did it pretty good, but there's also this whole first half that doesn't really do anything. So, the first half of the movie is this cockamamie plan <laughs> that Luke comes up with to rescue Han from Jabba the Hutt, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but the battle scene is kind of fun. It's, well, but the question is, how do you? That's yeah. the thing, man. It's good. Good. No, okay, go, no, you go, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Okay, I was gonna say this is one of those things that's so much fun to watch. There's so much going on. There's so many like stand up from your chair and cheer moments, and then when you know a week passes and you really think about it, you're like, yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? Why? Why? What? Right? Huh? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the, um, so, so, I mean, when they did episode five, I mean, uh, he froze him in carbonite because Han Solo was not under contract for the third movie. Right. Or for uh, Han Solo. Uh, Harrison Ford was not under contract. They didn't know he was coming back. So you didn't know he was coming back. So it's like, now you got like, they almost sort of hamstring themselves. Like, okay, we got to rescue him now. It's like, we can't just have him show up out of nowhere. Right. So it's, yeah. So it's again, writing an opening to a movie just to like fix whatever happened, like in between the movies. Yeah. Right. In yeah, the, in right, the real yeah. world, yeah. So they got to spend forty-five minutes just to get back to the story. Yeah, just to yeah. bring one of the characters. Back. But as Matt said, it's a great fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think the yeah. the first third of this movie is is probably some of the most fun of this movie. Yeah, I knew we were gonna. I, I know where where Quint lies <laughs> on the end or part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> But the movie actually opens on the death, the new Death Star, where uh, Darth Vader lands in his uh, shuttle, Lambda class shuttle, which are pretty cool. So after uh, Vader goes and scares the bejesus out of uh, Moff Jurgerod, which, by the way, <laughs> was an answer to one of the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit questions mm-hmm. that I knew for some stupid reason. <laughs> oh, and by the way, this Moff Jurgerod guy, I was watching it this morning. If they filmed this movie now, he'd be played by Jared Harris, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> he has like the probably the most um, significant scene cut from that movie because if they had left the scenes that they cut out of that, he's a to- he's a totally different character because he wanted to stop them from firing the Death Star at all because of the troops that were still on the ground and in the air around Endor, and he actually kind of tried to circumvent the emperor's um orders but they cut all that how many how many moffs do we got <laughs> like, and and and, and got a moff here got a moff there yeah, they, they got one grand moff Dude, yeah. that we know of Dude, but i've seen <laughs> at least 20 muffs in my life <laughs> hello yeah so we have <laughs> I, mean, I, like, I don't know where to go from there uh, I'm so glad I'm not you, editing you, this. You just got dumped out of the box. Yeah, no I'm like, whoa, wait. There was a long pause there, and uh, I didn't think that was. I thought we thought you were no, still I didn't going. Think that was that bad, but you know, Jesus. I mean, I don't. I don't, I'm not good at segues. <laughs> yeah, where are we going from here? I I love how this conversation between him and Vader is like, hey, we're on track. We're totally going to do it. Oh, the Emperor's coming. Oh shit, we we need more men. We don't have enough time. Oh, but the emperor's gonna fuck your ass shit up. Oh, okay, well we'll totally do it yeah. then, right? <laughs> like, well, what is your position? Do you have enough, the right amount of men? Do you have enough effort? Uh, I don't well, know. You know, it's like it's like working in a startup, right? It's like uh, the CEO shows up, and it's like if the CEO is Hitler, uh, it's yeah. like um, <laughs> we need to do this. So you never you never uh, work for Italians. <laughs> <laughs> No, I get I get the high pressure situation. I just thought the flow of this particular conversation was interesting. I always forget how little the emperor is actually in, right? The this the, the trilogy. It's it, yeah. he's not in one at all. Not nope. even mentioned, really. It's well, he's and, mentioned, yeah. but yeah. And then and the, yeah, says the emperor's disband the Oh, uh, that, yeah, the, the, yeah. It. And, but then, and then he's like 
like shows up as a hologram in two for like one or two times, and that's it. Just just yeah. like half a half a minute yeah. in two, and then he's in what like yep the the third act of this one, and and a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the first times where it's like you've got this supreme baddie who's hanging out in the shadows who doesn't do really anything and then just really shows up in the last minute in the third movie. And this is the bad guy that you've been thinking about. Even in your subliminal mind, you've been thinking about, and now he's fucking here. You'd think that since that worked so well for this trilogy, they might have tried it for either of the other two trilogies. (laughs) Just don't even we, we skipped over the fact that I got to talk about the, like everyone's obsession for like decades over Boba Fett and about how he's just so badass. He's so cool. It's like, <laughs> he, and how does he fucking die? Uh, like Han stumbles know, into right? like spinning around with a, uh, with like a stick, hits him in the back and he just jets off into the middle of the silence. It's I so know. stupid. Oh. Like that, that's yeah. your, your badass hero. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And they couldn't even do his jetpack effects correctly. Like his, the, the direction that the flames are going when is different from the direction he's, he's flying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just, this is the first time I ever noticed that was when I was what rewatching yeah. it. And I was like, I was like, Han just basically stumbled into that one. Oh, you like, just noticed that? Well, but I mean, <laughs> but, it, but more, I, I noticed it, but more in just how stupid it, like people's like reverence for Boba Fett is when that's how he dies. That's like, the amazing part is how much people liked him based on like three lines of dialogue. Yeah. And yeah. A terrible death scene. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of Tatooine, um, <laughs> The the movie continues with R2 and 3PO going to see Jabba, which begins this chain of ridiculous events where they go in. (laughs) So Luke's, all right, let me try and figure out Luke's plan here. He sends, well, okay, let's back it up. There's so much that has to go right in this. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. This is just bizarre. So the droids go in. They get jobs. They don't get destroyed. <laughs> they're assigned um, jobs. Right. They don't get yeah. jobs. They're yeah. like tortured into jobs. Right, but they're get they're given the perfect jobs for the plan to work. They, I mean, what they what they've said is the essential thing. They don't mm. get destroyed, which could easily <laughs> yeah, happen yeah. out of just out of pure fun, out of Jabba's uh, you know whim. Agreed. You know. So then Leia as so so lucky 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 plan one <laughs> right item step, one step check one, okay check. we're good step two send Leia and Chewbacca in. To get captured. Check. I, I guess. <laughs> Check. I, I'm not sure. Was Leia... At... Make sure Make sure they get... Was Was them getting captured really part of the plan? Huh? Well, clearly Chewbacca got... was. No, yeah. Well, well, yeah, Chewbacca was, but, but Leia getting yeah. captured, I don't think, so, was part of the plan. I think that was like, if, if Leia can get Han out, great. Yeah. Otherwise, we've still got the rest right. of the plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That it's, was the that was the biggest if if then statement in that program <laughs> that just lingered. And then yeah. Luke comes in, gets himself captured. Yep, check, check, survives the rancor, not killed, and not right. killed on spot. Check. And oh, and oh wait, he he gets dropped to the rancor yep. pit and survives. Yep. Check, although. The Rancor pit scene. He throws Bidlow Quirv's skull at that button. <laughs> Bidlow Quirv! But the Rancor pit scene was... The fact that I know yeah, that I know is frightening. Is. The fact that I know it because of your fucking podcast is even more yeah. frightening. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But 
the Rancor pit scene was uh, fucking cool. Um, yeah, everything, all the yes. scenes are great. Yes, like, like the whole thing, like this whole thing where it's like, yes, this is one absurd fucking thing after another, but they were oh. all fucking cool. Yes, the Rancor keepers, Malakili, yeah. and I don't know if the other guy has a name. I just re- yeah, I don't know the I other just learned name. on the trivia today that they were both voiced by the guy who made the Hardware Wars oh, shit. spoof. <laughs> I think I heard that. Yeah. yeah, I forgot, but I do think I heard that at one point. And I'm sure you covered this when you did Malakili on Star Wars in Character, but it was fun to know that he never saw, he never knew what the Rancor looked like. Yeah, no. nope. There's like yeah, no. two shots of him. There's a shot of him coming out of his yeah, little yep, room. Yeah toward the rancor monster so you don't see the rancor and then the reverse shot of him crying yep. is clearly a composite of a green screen and so he didn't know what the monster looked like until like many years later yeah <laughs> funny and then and then one another fun thing i wish i could remember the details but i didn't think that i had the research this but we we ended up looking up the actor's name and he ends up being in like about 50 things that me and and dave fox had watched that are british based and dave you would have oh, seen them yes. too. So he, this is oh, an actor no. we've seen outside of Star Wars many I times. He, wasn't he in Lair of the White Worm? Something that might be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was in a lot of things that I we've know. seen, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yep. So anyway, back to Luke's plan. R2 gets assigned to be on Java's sail barge as a bartender. Oh, yeah. But why wouldn't he? He's got this yeah. whole thing of uh, drinks tray thing on his head, which fortunately gets knocked off by 3PO. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, how could he launch out the lightsaber? <laughs> uh, uh, in fairness, I don't think that little flap was covered, but I'm not could sure. Be, but be. I think if so, yeah. I think that might have worked. Yeah, it's like that was a that was a that was a uh, that was a win statement that on win. that one. I that guess. Was a, yeah, I don't know. If else, case <laughs> switch. Yes. Um, but I also was thinking today, like, why didn't Luke just bring his lightsaber with him when he came into Java's palace and just kill everybody there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. there's that. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of questions a lot in this of questions. sequence. A lot, anyway, because then you wouldn't have a green. And lightsaber. it really, it really relied on no, one thing we haven't really what? talked about. He built the green lightsaber before this. What? what? He built the green lightsaber in the. But, the, but you know, scene. but you know why it's green? Yeah. Could, oh, yeah. You couldn't right, see right, it on the backdrop of the, the blue sky. So, which yeah, it's hilarious because I thought of that today while I was watching this, and then Luke is swinging his green lightsaber around Endor. Amongst all the trees. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Jeez, uh, I had two things to say there, but now you you've actually brought up a more important part. <laughs> Have you ever seen the early trailers of Return of the Jedi? Uh, not not His in lightsaber many. is blue. Right. I heard about that. I haven't seen those in a long time, so I don't remember that. One wild card in this whole sequence that I never considered into this conversation is is Han Solo surviving the Carbonite because if he hadn't survived, he wouldn't have taken out Boba Fett, who could have possibly stopped all this. So there's another check mark of unbelievability. Yeah. I mean, that's another, uh, you know, if then in the plan that had to work. But also, yeah, right, like, yeah. Boba Fett, again, we idolize him because he's had a cool costume and he has, like, two cool lines. Yeah. It's the, yeah but in right, this movie, yeah. the first the first thing he does is jump down and try and shoot Luke within lightsaber range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't okay. like, oh, I've got a jetpack. Let me fly above him and shoot from here. <laughs> 
what what I love about the special editions that you mentioned is that they make him even cooler by hitting on that one dancer. It's like, and oh, this yeah. makes his death even lamer. It's like, <laughs> they managed to make it worse. As a Boba Fett fan, I ignore this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and also the TV show that bears his name. <laughs> oh, just don't even go there. Yeah. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Yes. So fortunately for Luke, all of those things happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I did always question how they knew he's like when they freeze him in carbonite, they're like, okay, he survived. Like, uh, how do you know? You never unthought him. It's like, it's it was, just a block of frozen hot. It was blinky light. <laughs> <laughs> because the machine knows oh don't worry he's still alive in here like <laughs> i mean and let's not get into the fact that the his like arms were tied behind his back when he yeah, yeah all of yeah. that stuff any different shirt on it's fine <laughs> it's a pocket it's a yeah. pocket dimension. <laughs> yeah. yeah pocket dimension and and somehow he gained he gained weight too, oh yeah but that's another you know it's fine yeah so anyway all this stuff is great carrie fisher looks great <laughs> yes she does oh yeah Oh, and in her Hut Slayer costume, Hutt Slayer. Oh, and <laughs> and I have to say, her stunt double looks better. Her stunt double. Oh, what are you talking about those, those well? pictures? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> her yeah. sunbathing with the the sun double. Yeah. So we get Han back. We get the droids out of the sand, and off we go to the rest of the movie. Uh, once again, Luke leaves to go Dagobah. <laughs> and so Luke's plan here was to actually finish his training, right? Yeah, you, well, yeah, you went back to finish training, he said, yeah. Yeah, right. So then we just get the exposition scenes of Luke and Yoda talking about Vader, talking about there is another, talking about, you know, you have a twin sister. It's a good thing that her her identity is still safe. It's, yeah. Oh, it's Leia, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he figures it out. It, all it took was this weird cryptic, like, from Yoda, and he goes, oh, wait a minute, it's Leia, isn't it? <laughs> This, to me, was interesting because Yoda dies in the same way that Obi-Wan dies, where just ghosts. And we've seen that lightsabers don't do that. To me, this was a, a really cool part of the mythology of the Jedi. And one of the cool things that I thought that the, what, second trilogy, the prequels, the whatever, um, sort of expanded on was, like, which Jedi's just die and which jedis ghost up and i thought that was cool and which jedis somehow return uh, well let's not go into that <laughs> that was that was that was a great no, time that was perfectly timed <laughs> i love that meme i i think it's it's a new meme to me it's probably been around for decades but i just saw this like a week ago where someone said, having a three-year-old constantly ask questions, I finally understand why Yoda would just... <laughs> oh, yeah, die. no, yeah, yeah. It says, what is that? I, I was just looking that up. It's like, now that I have children, I really understand the scene in Return of the Jedi where Yoda is so tired of answering <laughs> yes. Luke's questions, he just up and yeah. dies. <laughs> yep, yeah. What's, you know, the, the one contradicting thing in this is in the beginning when Luke introduces himself to, to Jabba and he says, I'm Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight. And then later, Yoda's like, "You're not, you're not a Jedi yet until you fight." Like, yeah. Oh yeah, Luke was posing. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. Oh yeah. And that's okay. I mean, and and Jabba called it out too. Yeah. You're no. Or was it Bib Fortuna? Bib Fortuna, I think, was the one who said he's oh, no, no Jedi. Uh, Jabba. It Jabba doesn't matter. One of them said it to Fortuna, who actually vocalized it. But it was Jabba who was like, "You're not Jedi." Oh, gotcha. And he wasn't, but I mean. 
give him the balls for fucking you know, just like it's like fucking coming out and going hey i'm a fucking jedi bitch. If, if you're like the last guy that knows karate and you're not quite a black yeah. belt who's gonna yeah, question right. it? Yeah. <laughs> except for we except for we, we find Get out that wrong. there's plenty of other jedi alive out in the- thousands <laughs> that's true good point thousands yeah. of them they're always popping up somewhere and it's like oh wait you you were still alive yeah like metric shit oh, yeah. What's her name? of Jedi in the galaxy. Ahsoka Tano's yeah. out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahsoka Tano. And they, they, uh, they have uh, who's that? Oh, God. there's like that video game Cal Kestin or whatever. Like, uh, they just uh, yeah. Oh, we're gonna Cal be Katarn. here all day. Oh, yeah. He's out oh, there yeah. too. We're gonna yeah. be here all oh, day if you're gonna talk about <laughs> Jedi that are still alive. Quit Quinlan. Apparently, Quinlan's boss was on Tatooine this entire saga too. So there's that story. Oh God, really? What about the banana guy? Yeah, he's still around, right? <laughs> the banana guy. Yes. What's his yes, name again? Is. Yes. What are? He is uh, banana. Chuck Chucky banana. Banana, <laughs> banana ran with Steve. <laughs> yeah. Can, what are, yeah. Is his name Bob? Let's move on with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. What I don't know, Quinn. What, what what banana man are you talking about? It's it's banana Dan, dude. <laughs> no, it's the guy that that the Star Wars and character guys created. Shit. Oh, Moff Crim. Moff Crim. Moff Crim. But he had a banana. You picked the banana from his backstory to identify him. It was oh the only God. thing that I remembered that about That episode Mom was Krim two hours long, and you picked the banana. banana <laughs> Holy shit. That's awesome. I actually I, love like, that. That was the only, like. Somehow the banana the returned. I latched onto <laughs> And I was like, Mob Crim. And I couldn't put it into my tongue. Like, it's on the edge of my tongue. It's Mob Crim. I know that name. But it's like banana guy. I'm like, like shit. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so for one of the, what's it, April Fool's yes. episode, right? It was, oh, yes. They yeah. made up a, Star Wars in character. They made up a character to go over. And the, the name Mav Krim is based on the four people on the show Tim, Dave, Chris, and Matt. So it's like M A V E C R I, you know, whatever. I am. Yep. Yep. With apostrophe yeah. thrown in randomly. All I remember is the name Mav Krim and that weird photo that you photoshopped together of it. I don't remember any of the banana <laughs> stuff. I just remember there was a banana involved, and it was just like that was what stuck in my head. And I'm like, God damn it. Why well, here's what's, I oh, my God. Name? How? All right. Not, not to derail Dave's editing, but I have to do this. This is how, this is how far... Quint reached for this. We never mentioned the banana in the episode. We talked about him dumpster diving. <laughs> then a list, a very talented listener of the ep of the series made a custom mob crim action figure that we auctioned off for toys for tots. And one of his accessories was an yes. overripe banana he pulled out of the dumpster. Yes. So it wasn't even oh. in the fucking episode, but Quint, so Quint oh, somehow related it to the character. Pure. And it's like they wow. never mentioned Yeah, you're right. You never mentioned the banana, but the banana was in the oh my God. Nope. Nope. I don't know why I remember well, the banana. But to you, he's the banana I don't guy. Why. I don't know where else to go with this. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I forgot where we left off. I like I honestly. Oh, we're, we're, yeah, they're on Dagobah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really do not. Well, somehow the rebels <laughs> blew up the barge. 
Somehow. We're way past that. Yeah. We're on Dagobah. We're on the... the Yoda just died. Yeah, Yoda died. Ben comes and gives his bullshit about a point of view. Which is creepy that Force Ghosts are just sitting there watching. like, And the fact that Force Ghosts have to like work their way through the weeds of the forest to get to the log that they're going to yeah. tend to sit on. That's that's a robot chicken, I'm sure, where it's just uh, Luke's just on the can and, and, <laughs> and everyone's popping in to talk to yeah. him. Right. Right, so then uh, some teddy bears, Death Star blows up, yub nub, uh, right? <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yub nub, yep. Can we just, yeah, let's that's all that's happened. That. <laughs> now, would it, wait, so would it have been better for you if they were full-size yes. Wookiees, like they oh, intended? Yes. So it, it's literally just the fact, like, but like I'm saying, like, scene for scene, dialogues, everything the same, but no, now but they're just the, full-size. No, I, I agree with Quinn here in that is like, you have to suspend so much disbelief in that these freaking Stone Age teddy bears can not only turn on and pilot speeder bikes, but also like set up traps to, you know, it just, it, it defies belief at every turn. Did you know that in World War II, or I'm sorry, World War One? There were, I'm trying to remember what exactly it was. At one point in history, the World War One too, uh, Italy took on the Ethiopians. Yeah, and the Ethiop the Italians had like biplanes, and the Ethiopians beat them by like piercing the biplanes with like spears and like that. I believe. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's, yeah. The biplanes are made of balsa wood. I know, but I'm just, <laughs> but I'm saying like this is the equivalent here. Or no, so <laughs> the big problem here is this is where it became completely obvious that. Lucas sold out to selling toys and catering to children, and the entire trilogy just got tainted by Ewoks. I don't know. Have you seen those dead eyes those Ewoks have? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. That's, no, I wish someone I, fix I, those. Man. I watch it on streaming now, and they it's blink. blink so. that's, just bad, that's just bad special effects. This To me, this was just like... You know, we got into this point, and I was still buying in, and then it was Ewoks, and I was just like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, uh, I don't care for the Ewoks that much either. I do uh, understand, like, the the company line is that they wanted to make it Wookiees, but they couldn't afford the full-size costumes, so they had to make half-size costumes, but that doesn't really make that any makes sense. makes no sense. <laughs> just, like, make half as no, many costumes, no, seriously, you know? that makes no sense, because it's going <laughs> to cost you a lot more to get little people to inhabit these right. costumes or little people and children to inhabit these costumes than it is to just get full-size Wookiees. That, that's bullshit. You've now just destroyed Warwick Davis's entire career. So. <laughs> no, Warwick yeah. Davis is fine. And uh, what is it? Debbie Lee, uh, what's her name? Uh, who's the one? Yeah. Debbie Lee Carrington. Debbie Carrington, who's... Uh, I, and like, yep. I was reading the trivia and I saw her name and I was like, oh shit, I know yeah, that I name. Know. What is that? She's Who is great. that? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. that's right. She, Rest her soul. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. She was the uh, little person uh, yep. prostitute in Total amazing. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Wait, what is her name? Roomba? Ramba. Ramba? Ramba yeah, Ewa. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but it, yeah, like, Roomba, I saw her today, Roomba. too. I was like, yeah, Roomba the yeah. Ewa. Great. <laughs> Somehow Roomba returned. <laughs> oh, Tony Cox? Yeah, Tony yeah. Cox. He was uh, a little, he's bad Santa. I did not him. know he was mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. He is also in, uh, yeah, he was uh, one of the um, dancers in Spinal Tap. Oh. Yep. <laughs> one of the uh, no, his, Stonehenge dancers. His greatest role is in Me, Myself, and Irene. Yeah. Yep. When he oh, plays the God. Little yeah. person, Limo yeah. Driver. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, Jim Carrey's wife yeah. leaves him for her. her yeah. Yeah. Everything Quint said, 
I can relate to as an adult, but as a 12, 13-year-old child watching this, there was really nothing better on screen than new Star Wars. So none of this ever occurred to me until like 20, possibly 30 years later, to be real honest with you. I still watched it with I still watch it with just just absolute adornment and and it's and, and that battle is intermixed with and I said this in our last segment this this battle is intermixed with my favorite lightsaber fight so I really don't have too much bad to say about this I'm also not disagreeing with what you're saying because there is a whole marketing angle I think to the Ewoks existence but that I can ignore that to get to the stuff I Absolutely like. Absolutely true, because the lightsaber battle in this movie is probably one of the best lightsaber battles in Star Wars history. I think so. Yeah, it's my favorite. The thing about this lightsaber battle is that it's not a duel. It is one guy trying right. to kill another. That's I mean, right. and that's then that is just so intense and so much like it's yep. so riveting to watch. And, and and the back and forth with the you know, the force mind stuff where it's like, I know what you know, you know what I know, I know what you know, you know what I know, back and forth. Yeah. And and yep. that's how the battle goes. It's like, it's back and forth. It's like, suddenly the aggressor is Vader. Suddenly the aggressor is is Luke. Suddenly back and forth. And it's just one of those things yep. where it's like, this, this whole sequence could have been so much more impactful without the interspersed Ewoks. So... Question. <laughs> Did any of you guys actually think Luke would turn to the dark side? No. No. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like I, everything I read about this is that, oh, they dressed him in black. They gave him a black cloak at the beginning. They wanted to, you know, they showed him getting really angry and chopping off Vader's hand and like seeing his own hand as mechanical and all that kind of stuff. It's like they wanted the audience, I think, to think he was slipping close to turning to the dark side, but I agree. Like I never, no, yeah, no, never thought that would no. happen. The cool thing about this movie for me was that I could easily argue with people that this was not Luke's story. This was Vader's story and Vader always wins, including in the end when he shows up as a forest ghost, Vader always wins. <laughs> is he charlie sheen is yeah always oh, winning <laughs> winning <Yeah. laughs> well he kind of loses in the first how <laughs> you're gonna do luke blows up the death star and vader yeah. gets shot yeah in but he wins he survives. he survives he's always winning top get your target he, always he wins. survives yeah. yeah luke luke and hot luke and leia survived the second movie they didn't win the second movie <laughs> right but he he wins this third movie yeah. Yeah. I didn't say you didn't. Yeah. So uh, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> and he also, I mean, like, no, you've, you've had, we've had this discussion before. You've told me this theory and I think there's a lot of merit to it, especially, and, and, and like it even in, includes the prequels, oh, yeah. except for the third one. Uh, well, yeah. I know I, I'm going to argue with you right now that, that, that your theory on that, that, you know, Vader wins in uh-huh. the end only works if you include because there is no in the original trilogy there is no prophecy right. of Darth Vader redeeming right. himself and ending that so it's like that only works if you're using the whole concept of well, like was, oh yeah Vader won because he redeemed himself but that and, was, and but that's that, the but whole point you can't do that of, if it's just stand alone by the original that's trilogy the whole point right i i had the original trilogy only to talk about until the garbage that came after 
Yeah, so what I'm saying is he lost in the original trilogy, unless you count well, the I notion mean, that he won because no, of the prophecy. No, he lost in the Not original the prophecy, trilogy. Just that he comes back to sure. the, he redeems himself. Sure, he lost yeah. in the original trilogy, the but end. at the end of his yeah. life, he still won. Period. Like he just keeps winning. <laughs> this is this is what's known as a quint argument. He just keeps winning. Where, where, where quint always wins the argument. <laughs> if he just keeps saying he keeps winning. <laughs> But he didn't somehow return. Uh, the <laughs> somehow uh, he's back. <laughs> I knew you were going there, Matt. I left it open for you. <laughs> it is. It is kind of annoying that they they brought back Palpatine for that uh, yeah, like, that ninth Christ. movie. But then it's like Kylo Ren's always got those like he's got Vader's helmet all the time, and it's like, well, then fucking bring him back too. It's like right? you're gonna jump the shark, totally, you know, fly over that yeah, fucker. <laughs> I mean, bring back the coolest character ever. I, I mean, come on. Yeah. In all of movie history, there is maybe one character that is close to as cool as Vader. They should have brought back Anakin. That's what Barney they should have done. I was going to say Adam Sandler. No. <laughs> so, because if if uh, the Empire brought back Palpatine, they should have brought back yeah. Anakin. No. Yeah. yeah see. Like they, I, yeah. And that because you, you you got you got Hayden Christensen, oh, man. He Jesus just stepped into that ninth no. movie. God no. <laughs> Fuck no. Jesus, that guy is terrible. <laughs> he would have jumped right into that movie. <laughs> yeah. oh, Jesus Christ, you're not even bringing Jumper into this, are you? Because <laughs> then then you get the true uh, saber fight yeah. between Palpatine and and uh, All right. and Vader. I'm you don't get that. Out. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> no, Quint. What is your what is your second greatest character in movie history? You were gonna say the second most um, greatest evil character in in movie history to me was uh, the bad guy in the latest Mad Max film. Okay, Immortan Joe. 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 Yeah. Yep. Immortan Joe was was just okay. basically he is the Vader of his time to me. The mask, the the just pure. You know, he has the mask. He has the breathing well, problems. I mean, severe acne. Pure evil and the pure like planning and the like, just the execution of his like. I think a Morton Joe was was one of the best modern time villains we've ever seen. He's pretty good. I I gotta say, Hans Gruber. Uh, Hans Gruber's good too. Hans yep. Gruber's good. He's just he's just. Pure oh yeah, evil. no, I mean he's just like, and and the thing with Hans Gruber is he's super fucking intelligent about it right like he's like he's right. got he actually has a good he's plan. got everything yeah. fucking figured out everything down to the last second figured out and he's just like he plays every part he has to to make his plan happen you're you're absolutely right Hans yeah. Gruber's a great example of of course he'd be German yeah, he'd, well. he's got his old thing <laughs> <laughs> planned down time perfectly it's like <laughs> yep no, I, I agree with you. Hans Gruber is another great example, but he doesn't have the look. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to beat. Uh, it's hard to yeah, beat yeah. Um, Morton Joe. All right. Well, now that we've beat that part to death. <laughs> so, yes. So uh, we beat Vader I, to death. I, have a, <laughs> and I do have a question for y'all with the end of, of Star Wars. Um, so with the end of Star Wars. So episode nine, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Jesus. I'm gonna reach through the microphone and backslap. I, I found I found your yeah, easy buzz. You, you know, I, I, earlier I was gonna say when you were talking about how great the Rancor pit scene is, I was gonna say, you know, personally, I heard that George Lucas directed that entire. Scene. <laughs> 
That's fucking awesome, dude. Oh, shit. No, um, so there was a big difference between the original ending and the special edition ending. The special edition ending obviously had a whole lot more fireworks and you saw the Palpatine statue going down and all that stuff. Did any of the additions in these... But somehow I got put back up. <laughs> did any of the additions in the special <laughs> special Sorry. edition do anything for you over the ending in the original Star Wars? No, I think everything added to this third move. This you're talking about this one, the uh-huh. Return of Jedi. Uh, I don't think any of the additions that I recall that I haven't seen the special edition in a while. I don't think added anything to the movie for me. Yeah, 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 no, okay. yeah I agree. Yeah, and that's what I thought too. Um, the only thing that I thought was kind of cool is watching the Palpatine statue go down. I thought that was kind of a kind of an overall nod to like the Empire has fallen sort of thing. But other than that, there was there was just nothing. It was just all CGI magic and bullshit. And didn't in the like the la- very latest Disney Plus version, didn't they add a, a scene from Maz Kanata's place or some oh, other? Oh, jeez. Oh really? Later sequel. Oh. Well, it could be. So, are, eh, but are are, are you in favor true. of of the replacement of uh, Sebastian Shaw with with Hayden Christensen at the end? <sighs> no, because he went back no. to how he was when he was a Jedi. And why did? But, uh, He's not going to be Darth Vader as a like. No, I'm sorry. Like, eh, I mean. Eh. When you when you shoot an original movie, going back and reinserting somebody you've recasted is just disrespectful. I I, I think it's it's garbage. I'm trying to think of some. I, I, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm I, racking my brain and trying to figure out some sort of like scenario where that's justified. <laughs> well, and there might be but a place Wars. where it is justified, but in this case, I don't think it is. So you're saying they you're saying they should have left Kevin Spacey yeah. in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow you you've gone to a dark oh, yeah. place and i i appreciate that yeah. because vader is my fortunately they animal. they recast it before they released the movie <laughs> yeah, let's just re-edit all yeah, the scenes Jesus. no i mean vader's my spirit animal so yeah going to kevin spacey on this that that's bad uh, uh but i appreciate it i, I mean uh, that's that's very well in the uh no, I'm just trying. You were you were saying like they should never replace somebody. Well, like, that's, that made no, a movie. That's not what I said. I, I I was saying they shouldn't replace a character. That, like once you've made a movie, and people yeah. have watched it and it's established. No, I, no, I get it. Now replacing Kevin Spacey in a whatever movie he's in because he's a fucking pedophile. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah, sure, good, good, go do that. What about that poor woman they swapped out her monkey face for? <laughs> Honestly, I'll bet you if you ask her, she's fucking relieved as hell. <laughs> I didn't know they're gonna do that to my what eyes. What the fuck did yeah, they do to me? Face. <laughs> All right. Anything else on Return of the Jedi? Nope. Just got to go to ratings. Let's do a rating. Uh, let's start with Quint. Uh, yeah, uh, can I use decimal points? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, one, one to ten. No decimals. All right. I'm gonna <laughs> no. go with a s- six. Okay, Matt. Wow, I'm surprised by that. Actually, I'm gonna drop it from the last two, but I'm gonna go as low as an eight. Okay, I'll give it an Eric? eight. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go an eight. I'm also at an All eight. Right. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I get all the Ewok hatred, but I just still have fun watching most of this. Most of this. Yeah, that's why I was like (laughs) hissing about it six or seven. Uh, You know, I could go a seven, but it, it it was, um, you know, in the, in the realm of what we have with star Wars movies right now is really where I was going. All right. So when we get to IMDB, who, let's see, I'll go with, uh, let's go same order. Quint, what do you think IMDB out of 10? Ooh. And you can use decimals. This um, IMDB is a one to 10 rating, right? Yep. 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 Uh, let's go a 7.2. All right, Matt. Let's say slightly higher at 7.4. Okay. And Eric? I'm going to say 6.7. I feel like Matt wins. They've got an 8.3. Oh, wow. What? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm surprised. Barely below the other two. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive. Okay. Yeah. So, Rotten Tomatoes, reverse order. Eric, out of 100. Uh, 84%. Matt? Uh, I'll use my IMDb equivalent, say 74%. Okay, Quint? Mm, I'm going to go 80. Quint wins, 83%. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I split the difference. I knew, well, you made a, a face when first. I said 84. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I had to like, go look again. Like, what? how close? Yeah, I had to split the difference just because I'm like, eh, play the odds. I, I thought it might be a little lower with critics being involved because I know they, they tend to like to focus on the, like what like Quince said, the Ewok thing mm-hmm. yeah. kind of slam it. The Ewoks that. ruined it. It's it. nice it's a two. it that yeah. low. Right. But yeah, also, exactly. critics love a good father son story. So mm-hmm. we saved it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where, where's the scene where they just want to play catch <laughs> outside of a cornfield? <laughs> You know, on this show, we like to talk about how we could have fixed the trilogy. Uh, You know, it seems like the first two don't really have a whole lot to uh, fix. So let's quickly, if you have one or two things you would change about the third movie. I I think we all agree. It's it's just full-sized Wookiees. Okay. That's all you got to really do. Yeah. It makes it. And then you, you, you technologically age them up a little bit. Like, not so much just like rocks and like, (laughs) like, yeah. Uh, Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I, that that was the first thing that came into mind. But if I want to add something like kind of hindsight years later in the movie, maybe make that opening sequence like a, a flat up uh, or a straight out uh, breakout scene and then mm-hmm. conclude the sandstorm escape off the planet. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's only two things I can think of. Okay, Quint, um, anything else? I, I would say that the uh, the, the, the scenes leading up to the lightsaber battle are pretty contrived with, you know, Luke just suddenly turning himself in and him and Vader having this, this back to back and forth in an, in a tunnel and then on an elevator. I think playing that out over the entire movie and, and really making that more of the focus of the movie would have been a better choice. And so his his turn, his turn from bad to good was like within a five exactly. minute span. Yeah. And, and and stretching that out more into the movie and stretching out Vader's conflict more into the movie would have been a better thing to me. But Luke sensed good in him. Yeah, he said that yeah, earlier yeah. in the movie. Yeah, it's a lot of talking and not yep. showing. I know, yeah. yeah that's that's yep. a good point. I, I think, you know, honestly, the, the, the thing that would have changed this the best for me would have been to to replace all of the Alec Guinness scenes with Ian McGregor. <laughs> oh, and I'm glad I'm done talking to you. 
<laughs> All right. Or they 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 should have added a line at Luke for Luke at the very end and say somehow he will not return. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like in James Bond where it's like yeah. yeah. And James Bond <laughs> will return in Diamonds Are Forever. Oh god. No. <laughs> Luke Skywalker will not return. No, I just and will not return in episode <laughs> 7. No, I just thought that stuff was really rushed and I think it could have been expanded really well. Yeah. It's it's as if they that Lucas hadn't thought of the whole story right. Time. Oh gee, that kind of a. Uh, I think <laughs> right. we all watched that documentary where you figured mm. it out in college. Right, Come on. he had all nine planned mm-hmm. out. Yeah, clearly, because all yeah. nine have really oh well thought out. Exactly, plans. they're all well, you, you know they're they're about George, they're like this George Lucas in love. They're all just. Oh no, <laughs> have you seen that? Uh, no, I haven't. you haven't seen that. I don't think so. That that short film uh, it was like George Lucas in I've love, and it. it yeah okay yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else on Star Wars before I let you guys go? Yes. Star Wars, the original trilogy, oh, is boy. fucking amazing. And if anyone hasn't watched it, just fucking do. It's one of the most amazing trilogies ever put together in film. And if you haven't seen it, go see it. With that, I'm going to leave you with a haiku. Farm boy to Jedi. Indeed, you are powerful. Go kiss your sister. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that? Have you seen that edit where, uh, like, they they take when when at the end of of Return when Han's like, "You love him, don't you?" Yes. All right. I understand. Fine. When he comes back. I won't get in the way. It's not like that at all. He's my brother. And then he he makes a face, and then it just flashes back to all the scenes of them (laughs) kissing together. (laughs) It just ends on his face. I mean, that's exactly what's going through his head. (laughs) He's like, what? All right. Well, thank you all for listening. For more podcasts like this, check out everything over at neozaz.com, and you can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook, Mastodon, and Gmail. We will be back next time with the universally acclaimed Star Wars prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm.